Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cinemax Podcast, the show where we take different movies every week and debate and rate them. We've got a very special episode this week for two different reasons. First of all, it's our very first three-way. Um, I don't know how many jokes we're going to get in about that, uh, so I thought I'd get one off the bat immediately. We've got a three-way with... If I was to have a threesome, it'd definitely be with you two. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's as good as it can get. And... To mark the freeway, we're also doing three films. But before we get started, my name is Cal Altimus. Uh Joining me as he does every week is Mr. Nathan Sackle Hanna. After our bollocks battle right. last week, I even changed my initials on my uh, uh, Zoom thing just so that you won't forget. Yes, I can remember. Uh, <laughs> and joining us for the very first time is one of the finest looking men I've ever seen, oh, Mr. It. Josh Mason. First of all, Nathan, how are you in your what looks like Spider-Man pajamas? <laughs> Does look like Spider-Man pajamas? It, I sleep in them all the time. I'm all right. I've got like a really, I've got really. I'm going to go off tangent already. I know you said we need to we need to go through this one quick. So it's going to take forever. I'm going to go off tangent. I've had a swelling in my ear for like two days. So like this ear is just dead muffled. That's oh, it. Nothing worse. There is nothing that's, worse. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Is it like when you have like water in your ears? Is that what it feels yeah, like? like I'm, it's like that feeling just before your ears about to pop, but it just went pop, and I just want to mm. <laughs> get a good yawning. Get a good yawning. No, tried everything. Let's try everything. Yeah, and uh, join us for, as I said for the first time is Josh. How are you, sir? Looking lovely with your spirals behind you. I know. Look at that. I'm come straight out of the, the spider verse to join you here. But now I'm good. Yeah, that feels weird. <laughs> Yeah, for the first time. Um, we've got three movies, as you can probably guess from Nathan's shit. I want to call what the fuck it is. <laughs> Jimmy Jams. Yeah, we're doing Batman. <laughs> yeah, from Nathan's shit and Josh's comment then about the Spider-Verse. We're doing Spider-Man movies. Um, because there's three of us, we wanted to do... The trailer for Madam Web. You know, I, you know, I've not even seen it. Not it's seen not it. even worth it. It's no, awful. I've heard it's shit, so I'm not going to bother. I haven't bothered with any of those Sony movies apart from the Venom ones. Like I haven't watched. Um, oh, they're great. That Morbius, never watched that. No. And I'm not, probably not going to watch Craven either. Josh, you like Venom, though, don't you? I love Venom. I love Venom so much. It's one of the greatest adaptations ever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because there's three Spider-Man franchises essentially, we thought we'd do one of each, and we're going to go over the openings to each. So we've got the very first Spider-Man starring Tobey Maguire. From 2002, I think, um, yep. against The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield from 2012, and then Spider-Man Homecoming with... What's up, sorry? The Christ. I remember I going to watch that. Grim, isn't it? It feels a long, long time. I was, I was working at cinema when Homecoming came out. That's depressing. Yeah, I know, right? 2017. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man. I remember... <laughs> Uh, yeah um, but yeah like you said uh, the, the last one we're doing is Homecoming from 2017 and Josh was in a cinema working whereas were you at Spoons then Nathan because uh, you like to talk about that job there. Yeah, did, no, you work no. at, did you work at Spoons? no 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 never <laughs> I worked uh, no block, block that trauma out now I, um, I was at a pizza pizza restaurant here oh this stuff well, Homecoming came out. I was in Cleethorpes. I actually went to watch this in the cinema, I remember. I think this is like the first time. <laughs> Such distaste. I was in Cleethorpes. Yeah, yeah. It's Grimsby, <laughs> innit? Maybe. Yeah, dumb. Um, 
Yeah, I think this is the first one of the first MCU movies I actually went to watch at the cinema because it weren't until later on that I actually really gave a shit. Like, I, I know because the, when the majority of those were coming out, I was a teenager. So I didn't really bother going cool. to the cinema too much. Well, you know me, Josh. You know so me. You're talking the 16 oh, yeah. MCU movies. So I was just counting the Blu rays on the shelf. So I'm surprised talking... you can count to 16, to be fair. <laughs> I've got my toes out. <laughs> Right, no, I'm not having this, right? Because you usually on a week, you're really nice to me. Just because you've got an audience, there. Nah. Well, I mean, technically, you've always got an audience, but... Showing off. <laughs> showing off for a friend. Showing off, stop showing off for your friends. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, this is going to take a while, I think, because we are doing another showdown between the three, but it's the very first time we're doing one with three movies, and there's three of us doing it, so there's probably going to be some growing pains, but usually we, we do it the winner, we do it in 10 categories. The winner gets 10 and the loser gets anything less, depending on how close it is. It's usually like a nine or an eight. There was like one you I think you threw a seven out, which was outrageous. I can't remember what it was for, but it was shocking, <laughs> truly shocking moment. Um, but this week, because this week that I get way too fucking complicated. So we've just gone, the winner in the category is going to get 10, second place, nine, third, eight, just to keep it a little bit more simple um, and help me add it all up at the end because... I like to think I'm good at maths, but this could get messy if I'm trying to add up three different scores like that along, along the way, especially if someone starts pulling out sevens and stuff. Like it's not would worth I? risking. Would I? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so we might as well get started straight away then because, um, like I said, it's going to take a while. So no, there's no point beating around the bush. And we'll start with the best story in each movie. We'll start... The way my screen's set out. So, Nathan, you can go first on this one. Then I'll go, and then Mr. Mason at the bottom. So, the best story in each, they're obviously all Spider-Man stories, but they are quite different. Oh, coming. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd assume so. But they are quite different in ways. So, how did you score it? Uh, well, I think Amazing Spider-Man and um, Tim McGuire's Spider-Man more similar than Homecoming. Uh, Homecoming seems to have a bit more difference to it, whereas the first Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man both about, you know, nerd gets bit, learns to become Spider-Man, loses Uncle Ben. There's a scientist that goes nuts uh, and tries to kill people because they've gone insane, but they're not really bad. They're just, they've just, the good people that have gone insane with science and Spider-Man learns, he's got love, he's got, people is in love with that he's trying to protect and at the end he has to sacrifice those love so it's very very both of them are very very similar one's just edgier and darker than the other um whereas homecoming's got um homecoming came right off the back of civil war so it had it had that already we'd already had that spider-man introduction and even civil war completely brisked over the spider-man introduction um so you had him going straight into being well he's spider-man he's doing friendly neighborhood crimes he's you know, he's living his school life and he's slowly learning what his, his kind of Spider-Man is going to be. And you've got, obviously, the vulture there. So I want to go right off the bat and go controversial take because I know everybody loves Tim McGuire's Spider-Man except for Josh. I'll get to it. <laughs> All I got yesterday was a text from Josh saying, God, I hate Spider-Man. And out of context, I'm like, why are you doing this goddamn episode? What? Like, this is the one episode we... <laughs> When we started the podcast doing it together, you said, if you do a Spider-Man one, I'm going to be on that one. And that's why you're here. We should have probably said that. That's why you're here today. Yeah, that's why I'm here. You're not like, you've not got your own, that we know of. You've got an OnlyFans, but other than that, like we... Uh, I don't want to plug, but... But you said that, that's what you, you want to do. You plug in summer. Yeah, well, exactly. 
So when you texted saying, God, I hate Spider, I was like, oh, fucking hell. Um, but I went 10 to Homecoming, 9 to Toby. Uh, I mean, Spider Man. Uh, I'm going to, Tom, Toby, and Andrew, this is how I'm going to score it 10 to Tom, 9 to Toby, and uh, 8 to Andrew. Because I think what Tom Holland's Spider Man did was fresh and different enough from the Spider-Man tale to to make it interesting. It is so fucking entertaining with and the twists in it, we'll get to the fucking twist later, I'm sure. But the twist in it out surpasses everything in any other Spider-Man movie, including Spider-Versus. So yeah. Uh, Toby's great by the numbers. And I was thinking last night I was going to text you, but I thought, oh wait. Toby Maguire Spider-Man is so like it fits in perfectly with like it doesn't feel like a 2000s movie. It feels like a 70s, 80s movie. It feels like it, you could watch it alongside Christopher Reeve's Superman and Michael Keaton's Batman. It's got that kind of tone to it. Uh, so that I went number nine with that. Um, but it's just got this fucking great feel to it. And Andrew's great, but again, by the numbers and a bit too dark, even though I do love it. Yeah. Um, I've kind of gone the exact opposite in the sense that I've gone 10 in favour of Toby, nine in favour of Andrew, and then eight for Tom. Um, and the reason I've done that is because, like you said, the Tom, the MCU version is a bit different, but it's also very similar to most other MCU movies. And at that point, it feels like we've seen that sort of formula now where it's like they're changing out. They're supposed to be these really dramatic moments, but it's, they focus on a lot of the humour the majority of the time. I also don't like, I know we've seen Uncle Ben die twice, but I don't like how they just gloss over it all. Not even, they don't even mention him by name. Like, there's a moment when they're talking about how Aunt May has been going through stuff, but they can't even name drop Uncle Ben for Christ's sake. Just say the fucker's name. Like, I like him being important. Like, in Amazing Spider-Man, Martin Sheen's performance as Uncle Ben, which we'll get to in a category later, but, like, it makes the character feel important. Like, in his death has a huge impact on Peter's life, and that's how he becomes a hero he is, but they don't touch on it at all, which disappoints me. Um, you said the first two are... Um, yeah, I'm very disappointed. I'm not angry. <laughs> yeah, you, you said the first two... Um, are very similar and I agree in a sense but also the stuff with um, Peter's parents going missing on that it doesn't really do it for me like I get it's a nice little change and stuff but like I'm not interested in that at all and what puts the first one the Tobey Maguire one at number one for me is it just seems to move at a faster pace like it's the, the pacing in Amazing Spider-Man feels really weird because it takes like an hour for him to even get the suit like it takes so long for it to be bit and for that all that um, whole thing to happen. Then this, it doesn't feel like we get as much time with him as Spider Man, which is what we're supposed to be watching. Whereas talking um, on the openings, which we'll get to in a minute, the Tobey Maguire movie just gets immediately into it. Like the very opening scenes, he's he's already fucking turning, and um, I prefer that sort of pace, especially in a superhero movie. And you, like you said, it is a bit by the book, but as it's the first Spider Man movie, it's kind of um, Acceptable, I think. So I went with that. The uh, Japanese Spider-Man movie from the... <laughs> oh, yeah, I used to have that on video, you know, VHS. <laughs> well, the worst shit I've ever seen, but I had it on VHS. Josh, what did you do then? So as I messaged you both last night, because I rewatched all of them last night, I do not like the first Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I just don't like it. And I know that's very controversial because I know a lot of people love it and people grow up with it, but I'm just not a fan of it. Having said that, and I didn't, you kind of touched on anything, was I didn't realise how similar Spider-Man and 
the Amazing Spider-Man was. Oh, that's watching them side, like pretty much back to back. I do I, two screens at the same time. Yeah, yeah back to back. Like Minority Report on there got all screens are on. Um, I didn't realize how similar they were in a lot of asp- in a lot of um, aspects. Um, but I've rated it, and then I've rated it so. Homecoming, ten. I think I like how they've skipped the start. It's like you know it all. You know what you're doing. You know how he gets his powers, how all that, and they get straight into it. Then I've gone um, Amazing Spider-Man nine, and then Spider-Man one eight, um, purely because I, opposite to what Carl says, I like the grittiness with it. I like the darker side of it personally, and I just don't like Spider-Man. <laughs> I think um, I think Amazing Spider-Man is a symptom of Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, yeah. Definitely went right. Well, Spider-Man 3 went too cartoony. So we need to make it... And people like the dark grey, so we're going to make it dark and grey. And there are moments of it that are, like, way too serious for a Spider-Man. It is, I do love the movie, but it's way too serious for a Spider-Man movie. And it works for Batman because Batman is a dark and gritty character. Mm. Spider-Man has tragedy, but he's a light-hearted, tragic fi- figure. Um, and like what you said about his parents, Cal, like... It, would have worked for me if it had a payoff in the end, but it just kind of pisses out. It's just there. Yeah. It's just there. And it was obviously supposed to be followed up in the sequel. It never was. And then the third film never came. So I think it's just, I think it's it's great that we've like, we never had like the parents as part of the story for like the cartoons, the ultimate Spider-Man comics in the 2000s and the games and, um, the first Spider-Man movies, you never had the parents as being like some kind of story focus. So that was, I quite like adding them in, adding that extra, because like his dad's last word to him is be good. And I think that kind of adds to Andrew Garfield's character, but yeah, it's not as, it just doesn't live up to the first one, I don't, in my opinion. Sorry, Josh. No, that's fine. That's fine. He's essentially said, Josh, I expect your opinion, but go fuck yourself. Yeah, basically that's what he said, yeah. It's like, I might go spin on it. We're both kind of saying it, Josh, just in different ways. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we'll um, we'll move on to the openings then for both movies, uh, both all three movies, should I say? Tell we've never done this before. Um, again, <laughs> very very different. Did you say it? I said uh, I think I said all close to, but not quite the same. Oh. It's like we trademark phrase now. I'll be keeping that. Um, but yeah, we'll um, they're all very very different. The first Spider Man. Again, is very, very like traditional. It opens with the awesome credit sequence, which I love. I love like that whole opening. Oh, Josh doesn't look impressed already. But I love the opening like credits to that. And then you get the voiceover from Tob Maguire and you get introduced to his version of Spider-Man. And it like almost immediately takes you into him becoming Spider-Man. Um, you compare that to the amazing Spider-Man, which we get that little like we said a minute ago, that little backstory about his parents and how they had to disappear and stuff and Ultimately, that's about all we get from them. And then in the MCU, we actually get a look at the villain at the beginning, which is different. We open up with Michael Keaton's uh, Adrian Toomes. And then to move into it a little bit, we also get like Peter Parker's version of events from Civil War, the way he's filmed it. So it's very, very different. Um, I'll go first this time then. And then, Josh, you can go and then we'll go back to Nathan. We'll just, it'll be like a clock. We'll move around. Like a what? Um, 
Clock. Oh, clock. 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 Did you perk up then, Josh? I saw him then. His ears were like, oh. Yeah, so that one, OnlyFans, as I said, um, (laughs) don't want to plug it, but. But yeah, so because it's so different, I went 10 in favour of the MCU because I love the fact that we immediately get introduced to the villain at the beginning instead and we see, we understand his motives right off the bat. And then it's also the stuff with Tom Holland and we see that behind the scenes almost look of how he appeared at the fight in Civil War. Um, so I went that at 10 because I just think it's different to anything we've seen before. And it's a, it was, a, I know it's very MCU-like to introduce him in such a quirky way as they did, but I thought it, it worked. I went nine in favour of The Amazing Spider-Man because it was different. And although they didn't really follow up on the parents, it, it catches you off guard immediately, like at the beginning because no one expects to see that sort of thing. And the Tobey Maguire one, while I love that opening sequence, I think it's awesome. And I think the music's great as well. Um, I think just the voiceover, I, I, to, to, to make voiceover work, it's got to be done really well. And too many films do it. And I just think this just feels lazy. Like I don't need to just show me who you are instead of telling me. And um, because of that, I went that eight. Josh, how did you go? So I've actually gone the same as you. I've gone Homecoming 10, um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Two. Nine. Well, it's, it's how I've written it down. Um, nine, and then Spider-Man one, eight. I've so I've done notes because I've been very prepared for all this for you. Yeah, that didn't show in camera because you just. I know it didn't. Like, <laughs> just look, and I've gone, you gone? Whatever. I've gone. You look like that meme when you was like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. What was I saying? Yeah, I took notes, and literally for Spider-Man one, it takes four minutes to get to the first meme of that film, which is that I'm a science man. You know, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, also, in every, especially in Spider Man and Spider Man, oh god, it's going to get so confusing. Toby and Andrew Garfield, they are both taking pictures constantly of the girl they fancy, and it's just, it's just a bit creepy. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just constantly just got a camera on, and I'm like, come on now, guys, chill out a little bit. At least, but, like Toby though, says it's for paper. Yeah, and yeah. Just, doing background <laughs> just straight up, just got him arrested. Right there. Yeah. Um. Lost your trailer form. I distracted you. Yeah, yeah I've completely done. Oh, yeah, that I never, love. That never happens to us. We are no. consummate professionals. We, oh yeah. We... <laughs> of course, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> I love the opening to Homecoming. I think it's it's very different to all the other Spider-Man films we've seen, um, especially at that time. Like with the starting of getting to know Vulture a little bit and immediately showing Vulture's suit as well, which is really cool. Which I think is a great design for Vulture. The proper gone like the modern day era kind of look, um, and then the whole Civil War film documentary thing that Peter does is just so fun. I love it so much, um, and I think you also get to see in Homecoming and especially Amazing Spider-Man, you get to see a lot of the the side characters a lot more. Whereas in Spider-Man One, it's very rushed. But again, that's a kind of more of a fast paced film, I guess. Yeah, I do like with those with the MCU homecoming opening. It kind of shows us like the kind of the aftermath of two different MCU movies. Like you get the 2012 The Avengers and then you get Civil War as well. So it's like, oh, the effects of those two directly lead into this, which is quite interesting. How did you go with it then, Nathan? I went exactly the same as you two. Hey. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, that's a good. Uh and I can't believe neither of you have fucking mentioned it, but 
the MCU version does the classic Spider-Man theme tune. Oh, of course. Over yeah. the Marvel yeah. credit. Um, and I mean, you both say that, you know, he creep is taking photos of the girl that he likes, but Tom Holland is also taking videos in this as his secret ident- identity, letting him, like, filming himself on camera. I like, if he fucking drops his phone. Yeah. <laughs> I have to touch on that on the first Spider-Man film. Is that this is my note I wrote down. Um, not so secret identity because more points in that film he just doesn't give a fuck about his secret identity he <laughs> just doesn't care in all of them though which we'll touch on, on when we get yeah. to the Spider-Man but they're all so blasé like there's moments where they're just walking around in suits like the mask like fuck me you boys want to get caught <laughs> yeah but no I think like the um, the recording at the airport and in the hotel and with Happy it's all great like when it opens up and he goes like it says a film by Peter Parker like it's a nice it's like a nice oh this is going to be fun and, it, and he opens up with Queens and he does the voice yeah it's great and I mean the tombs bit's great as well because like you said you've got the you've got the connection to Avengers and I know it's like another villain that's tied to Tony Stark but it's like really cleverly done like a blue collar worker down his look like using this tech that he's found to become a super villain essentially uh, the only downside is his daughter is uh, literally the worst character in the film because she draws a picture of the Battle of New York and leaves out Hawkeye. Like, what? how can you allow the most important character oh, on, yeah, sure. on your picture? You know? But That's everyone's mindset, though, isn't it? We all forget that bomb. Everybody, yeah. no, I thought you was all going to be I thought you meant you were all, <laughs> was all pissed off that you missed Hawkeye. Um, you didn't even notice yeah. someone on the picture, I can't lie. Motherfucker. I noticed. I noticed in the cinema. I noticed on every rewatch. And I made a, I made a point to uh, bring it up today. Um, Andrew Garfield's, I like the the inclusion of the parents. Um, I really do. And the only thing about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in the introduction, that he he immediately show him off as too cool to be Peter Parker. We'll touch I'll on that down. in a sec. But immediately, like, he's kind of too cool. He's too... Why has he got a skateboard? Yeah, it's, it's the 2000s, man. Wow. Yeah, this was 2010s, to be fair. Was yeah. it still acceptable? Yeah, it was like still 10 years after I was boy. We've got to let it go. <laughs> it's a fair... You, when you're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and Toby's is just... I hate... these. The one line I hate about the opening to Toby McGuire's and it's the... Like any story worth telling, it's about a girl. No, oh. honestly, about Spider-Man. It's not even close yeah, to yeah. Spider-Girl. And not to give any spoilers, not fucking cursing dunce. <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do. This is going to be interesting, actually, because he's just said, because he's made it public how much he hates cursing dunce, but he's also just said Liz is the worst thing about homecoming. <laughs> so that's the two two of the three love interests. So I want to see how that lined up. <laughs> but we both know who's going to win that, that love interest round. But um, yeah, and it's like, that's fly. I'd take, like, I'd want to be him. Hell, heck, I'd even take that guy. And it's the, that guy looked like a dweeb. The guy <laughs> donut, and it's like, oh, come on, it's. I get it. It's supposed to be like the sixties type Spider Man, and it just feels really. I mean, it's Sam Raimi, so it's always going to have some kind of quick. Yeah. It just oh, feels like Sam Raimi. Ooh, what? Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not like horror, do you? So you probably never even watched the Evil Dead movies, have you? I have actually, and you didn't like them. Not really. Uh, this will be the last time you ever come on here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you for having me. I'll uh, see you later. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's it's just not as good. It takes it feels like it takes a while. Like you said, it goes kind of straight into getting his powers and stuff. And it does, but it also just kind of feels like I don't know. I don't know really how to describe it. It just doesn't feel I felt structured enough. Spider Man was just a bit of a slog at times. But then again, a slog. I just Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They have moves at quite a brisk pace, but it, I don't know, there's just something about it. It's just yeah, I can't explain, which is great for a podcast, I suppose. Yeah, top-notch yeah. stuff. <laughs> Told you, consummate professional. I thought I was going to be the problem here. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on then to the uh, the best endings for, for all three movies. I'll let you start with this one, Josh, but we've got the three, obviously, face-offs against the villains and then the aftermath of that. You've got Tobey Maguire versus the Green Goblin and the, um, not to get too spoilerific, but the funeral afterwards. And his where he like dismisses Mary Jane. You've got similarly with Amazing Spider-Man, the showdown with the big monster, and then you've got the funeral at the end, and then the way he dismisses Gwen Stacy. Um, or maybe not, as we see. And then you've got the MCU showdown at the end. But there is no funeral this time. No funeral. No one no one died at that bit. Um and it's very different in the sense you get him with Tony Stark and how he's almost in, um, made a member of the Avengers until he turns it down. Um, so the first two are very, very similar again. The MCU takes it a different direction. So how did you score that, Josh? I'm going to, before you say anything, Josh, I'm going to put money on Spider-Man Tim is not coming on top. I don't know why he said that, because I gave that an eight. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There was just something about the ending. I just didn't, I didn't really like that much. I mean, don't be wrong, we're going to touch on that later, but Goblin, just phenomenal in that film. He is such a good part of that film. And his final fight scene just felt a bit flat. It just didn't really... It didn't feel really like it got going at the time. He just felt like we had a bit of a talking, had a bit of a scrap, and then he's beefed it. Um, Elegantly put. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give the... Shut up. Uh, uh, I'm going to give the Amazing Spider-Man nine. Um, although it's got... The, no, I don't want to get into that bit yet, but I just like the end to that film. I forgot how rough Peter has it in that film. Because he gets to see so many people just die in front of him in that film. I forgot how much death is around him. Which I like, and I like the whole oh, bit with... Oh. <laughs> I like death. I like death. Um, no, I like the darker side of it. Um, again, that sounds like a goth. Um, what? The matter. Though I don't like the whole bit he does with Gwen. He's like, oh no, I can't see anymore. I've kept a promise, blah, blah, blah. And then he does the whole... Oh, yeah, best promise is broken. It's like, oh, shut up. But yeah, I'll give that a... Nine and then Homecoming, I'll give a ten because I just love the ending to Homecoming. I think it's great. The bits with RDJ with Iron Man helping him is just great. The final fight scene's really good, especially it's got the iconic from the comics where he's lifting the heavy thing, changes in all the comics and films. But I love that scene where he's properly digging down deep to push through. Um again, Vulture's just such a good villain. Is so much fun to watch, so I'll, I'll give that a ten. I think. 
That's fair enough. Nathan, how did you go with it? I ooh, didn't think beforehand. So I'm kind of winging it. The spot now. You're all winging it. I really like all of them. So I might even go a cheeky. A 10 10 10. Yeah, baby. Oh, God. I've done so hard, right? To make sure I follow the rules. rules. Follow the rules. And then this motherfucker is like, oh, no, I'm doing more 10. Yeah, well, I promised I wouldn't do that again. But some promises are made. Yes. <laughs> They're the best kind. Well, um, I don't mind a 10 10 10 as long as we don't start pulling out 10 10s 9 because I, that's going to. Yeah, start doing 10 8 4s. And... <laughs> no, I really I couldn't decide between any of them. They were all fantastic. And they're all fantastic on their own merits. Um, Tim Maguire's is. Sorry, Josh, but I think he's pretty iconic. Like, you've got. That green, the green, the final Green Goblin show. Like, if you were to take it kind of back from. The two decisions, the Mary Jane or the entire trolley full of people and why he picked Kirsten Dunst. But he gets her first, gets gets the trolley, struggles and then like has the showdown. Like his don't tell Harry is like heartbreaking. You get Harry seeing him put his dead dad down, which stokes that I hate Spider-Man fire. Um, and then you have the funeral and it really like, exemplifies just the kind of rough life and self-sacrifice that Spider-Man makes. Um, cursing Dunst, shit. Um, hate that Mary Jane. But it's... That's the only part of it I don't like is her proclamation of how much she loves him after not really paying him much attention throughout the whole, whole film. Um, this was best mate. Yeah. But then the walking towards the camera, like, who am I? I'm Spider-Man. It's just... It, it gets me in my balls every single time. And then the fuck, yeah, in my balls. Next and then, movie night then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then that final swing, as he, like, from the video clip that I put up the other day, um, as he lands on the pole and swings towards the camera, it's brilliant. And then goes into Chad Kroger's Hero, as we all know is uh, one of my songs. And then Andrews is great. It's, Andrews is a very different, different ending. It's dark, it's dour. But then, like, with a a tinge of um, hope at the end and a bit of playfulness at the end. And it is a really dark film, but, again, the final swing is fantastic. And you get that amazing... It gets a lump in my throat every time Emma Stone's performance, when she's talking about how, like, even Flash turned up um, to to the funeral. And it's so hot. Like, watching Andrew Garfield's... You can watch... You've seen his heartbreak for the first time in his movie franchise. Uh, well, I'm not talking, good job we're not talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2 because that breaks hearts for many different reasons. Um, and then MCU's, it, I love that line when he's like trying to pull Vulture down. He's like, I'm trying to save you. It's like the most Spider-Man thing out of all three of them um, is that he wasn't just trying to beat them, he's trying to save them as well. Um Mixed with the Tony Stark bits, mixed with like the uh, hymns, and I kind of wish they'd gone with it a bit more in the sequels rather than going world-ending stuff every time. But like him, kind of saying, "No, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the low-level street crime Spider-Man. I'm not going to be the big superhero like all the others." And then the great uh, when Happy pulls out the ring, <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. And then the Aunt May reveal at the very end, um, and the what the 
and then cut to cut to credits. All all perfect. I, you can't, I can't genuinely can't decide between it because they all they all just do something for me. Yeah, I um I agree. I think I like all of the endings, but I went ten in favor of the MCU one because I love the the show of growth that he has to turn down the Avengers because that's all he's wanted um, since he became Spider-Man is to be a part of the team. And now that the opportunity is being offered to him, he turns it down. Um, and I love the final showdown with Vulture. I think Michael Keaton's Vulture is excellent, which we'll get to soon. But I love like that scene when he's in the warehouse trapped under the rubble. And the acting from Tom Holland there is fucking incredible. Like, I love that scene. I love the ending with um, Aunt May, um, seeing him in the costume which is just brilliant i even love like the piss take post credit scene with cats in america mocking you for sitting all the <laughs> yeah that is good although you still wind me up somewhat chronic oh yeah because i forgot you at the cinema waiting. yeah yeah so I'm like, everyone's like oh is that it i'm like yes that's it now please leave. <laughs> um i also really like the toby Maguire spider-man ending because like you said it felt like even though the film was ending there were moments where it felt oh this is this is important for future installments like Harry finding Spider-Man over Norman's body. The the showdown with Norman, while it isn't the most iconic Spider-Man fight ever, I think the act- the way the dialogue's framed and stuff is what makes it so good. And just the way he accidentally impales himself. And that line, like you said, don't tell Harry. I think it's so great. Um, walking away from Mary Jane, which Sorry. I'm going to get to with Amazing Spider-Man now. I quite like how he does that as a self-sacrifice because... While I like the Amazing Spider-Man ending, I don't like how, similarly to the open of the Tobey Maguire one, where we get the voiceover, it's like, oh yeah, if you didn't know, this is what this is. You get it explained to you. It's like they have to ex- they have to physically have Captain Stacy tell him to stay away from his daughter. Like we can't just we can't put it two and two together and realize he's doing this to protect her. It's like, oh no, if you guys don't get it, he's doing this because he needs to protect her. It's like it may- it's like dumbed down a little bit. And then also the fact that he goes back against it immediately, against a dying man's wish immediately, and then we know what the fuck happened because of that. It's like, Peter lad, what are you fucking doing? What yeah. are you doing? It's the it's the, it has the, the <laughs> I just wrote down my lines, Jesus lad, her dad just died, and now you're going back on it. Yeah, um, immediately betrayed a dying man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bit in especially the ending for me in Spider Man when Gwen turns to him because he made you promise, didn't he? Such a good little bit, such a good line. Yeah, but and then, like, just I just feel like he should be allowed to make that decision himself. It shouldn't have been like yeah. a voice like, telling him, Don't go near your daughter to save her. I always kind of saw it as an extra layer of the Peter Parker guilt. Like, yeah, it's an extra added weight on his shoulders that this dying man, her dad, has added the weight of don't go near her. And then he obviously goes against that and it has dire consequences down the line. Yeah. Yeah. But I, just, I always kind of saw it as like the Parker look, like the extra extra shit that he's having to carry with him, uh, the guilt, um, which I, I do quite like. One thing I didn't mention is the uh, MJ like touching her lips and going, oh, fuck, is that Spider-Man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've never... I, I've, ne- I've kissed at least three people and I've never been able to tell who someone is by... How they kiss. You can do a smoker, let me tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's very you know that is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I always know when I'm kissing Josh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, quickly touch on um, Homecoming, the mid credit scene. So annoying looking back on it now. 
is because they literally have such a great character that they can use there in Scorpion, and they just, just they just don't do anything with it. Fantastic. He's in Better Call Saul. He's a fantastic actor. I wish. I could oh, he's brilliant. Uh, Vass in um, Far Cry Three. Yeah, incredible. He's the fact that he was never used, I and mean, we'll probably get him in some kind of. Sony verse. Sony movie instead is is mad. same with Vulture. The fact that Vulture is now in like the Morbius film, in rather than in a Spider Man sequel, always always angered me. But how did you actually score that, Carl? Because you said ten for Homecoming, then didn't say anything else. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I went nine in favor of Toby and eight um, to uh, the Amazing Spider Man because yeah, like I said, it just feels a bit more tacked on and dumbed down for me. And again, it goes it goes against a dying man's wish immediately, which isn't very superhero like. Got to be honest. Although the scene when he first returns home and he gives Aunt May the eggs, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I love the fact that Aunt May clearly knows who he is throughout those two movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she just doesn't talk to him about it. It's kind of like um, that's what it's like in the PS4 Spider-Man one, isn't it? She kind of always known. She knows, yeah. But she never says anything, and I, I've I've always liked that about. We'll get to it in the supporting cast, but I've always liked that about Sally Fields, haven't they? Like, the, you, there's, you can tell there's an underlying understanding, and she just, she doesn't care. She just loves him, so she just grabs yeah. him, grabs him, and loves him back. Yeah, I've forgotten. Um, at the end of Amazing Spider-Man, is that what? You... That... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, at, at the end of Amazing Spider-Man, is that when he fully listens to? Ben's yeah. message, which yeah. I really like that bit. I thought it yeah, was really that's good. a nice touch. That's something mm. it's nice that they portray the really big up because I feel like that's the one where they really big up Uncle Ben the most. Like the first one obviously has the, the iconic line with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, I've got I've got to talk about that and supporting cast. Like that's good, and I like but I think Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben felt like the most impactful, and it felt like he's his influence on Peter was the biggest. Especially compared to the MCU, it's just like fucking fuck Uncle Ben. That's oh yeah, he's not there. But we'll get to that soon. Um, but yeah, we'll move on then to the best Spider-Man. Yeah, let's move on then. Yeah, the best Spider-Man um, in any of the franchises. This one should be interesting. Although I have a sneaky feeling we're going to all end up going the same way. Are we going strictly just Spider-Man? Or are we going as See, Spider-Man and Peter? I feel like strictly we, ha- just we have to incorporate. Peter Parker yeah. because we don't have a Peter Parker category, which mm. well, that's, that was the problem. Like, there's so many part, like, there's so many categories we could have done for this that we've not done. Like, we could have had best Spider-Man and best Peter Parker. We could have had best Aunt May. Yeah, had- Aunt May's falling in. Yeah, we could have had best Uncle Ben. Fucking yeah. <laughs> <gets a> zero. <laughs> Homecoming. Soundtrack. Could have best. There was loads we could have done, but we can only we only have ten. So we've had to just kind of pair these together. So the best Spider-Man, you can kind of incorporate Peter into it as well, if um, you want. Just yeah, change, man. No, no, no sneaky rule breaking like me. You've got to include just these three movies. You can't be like, I look, I love him in a way Spider-Man too. <laughs> just these three movies. Yeah. I'll go first on this one then. I went 10 in favour of Andrew Garfield. Nine in favour of Tom Holland and eight for Tobey Maguire. Because I know Tobey's obviously the most iconic Spider-Man that a lot of people grew up with. And because of that, he seems to be everyone's favourite. But I actually think he's probably the worst for me. And it's not like a disrespect on Tobey Maguire himself. But I don't. I think the other two are just better actors as well. Like when they're given a chance to show it, I think they are both better. Andrew Garfield in anything is the highlight. Like no matter what he's in, he's the highlight. And we get, we get to see that 
numerous times in this film. Like the stuff when Uncle Ben dies, the argument with Uncle Ben when he talks about his dad, um, the stuff with Captain Stacy. I think he's just an exceptional actor. I think he's brilliant. And I love his Spider-Man. I love the, the way he cracks the jokes while he's in the suit. And I love the way this is, like we said, he's a bit, they're all a bit blase with the identity, but I love when he takes the mask off to calm the child down. He's like, see, I'm just a normal person. It's little touches like that, which I think make Spider-Man such an important character and um, one of my favourite superheroes. And I love stuff like that. So yeah, I had him number one. I had Tom Holland too, because while it was very different and we didn't get the backstory um, that we're, traditionally used to getting i think he makes that character his own immediately and he feels like a kid the issue with the other two and toby's not too bad late because they immediately age him up in that film like it starts in high school but we must span quite a, there's quite a time difference between the opening of that film and the end like they do the whole adulthood as well whereas andrew is supposed to be a high school all the way through and that guy's like 30 years old five o'clock shadow at the very end yeah I noticed when he's like, when um, it was quite distracting since the first time I've ever really noticed it when Gwen Stacy having a breakdown at the end of the film after her dad died. And he's Andrew Garfield's like stood there, like trying not to cry. He's got like a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to see him as a kid. And I, I get the, like we said, the stuff with the skateboard and when he um, immediately breaks the teacher's rules and he gets back on the skateboard, it's like that's not, a, Peter Parker isn't a rule breaker like that. Um, so that was quite jarring especially rewatching it now but i just think because of the way he portrayed the character and the way the love he's receiving now which feels so satisfying because it feels like we've been championing that alone for so long but i think he's the best and i love tom holland his performance like i said in the warehouse when he's underneath the rocks is brilliant his chemistry with like tony stark and stuff is so unique but also really entertaining and he's quite funny whereas toby isn't <laughs> like he's he's fine and he probably plays the nerd the very very best like he really is a dweeb in that film <laughs> but like he just doesn't he doesn't have the charisma that I think it takes to be Spider-Man like even when he's in the suit it's not the same he doesn't come across it doesn't come across natural like it does for the others so I, that's why I had him last uh, Josh how did you go with it? Uh, exactly the same uh, 10 to Andrew um uh, nine to Tom and eight to Toby. Uh, Andrew Garfield is by far the best Spider-Man. He gets the quickness right. He gets the humour right. He gets what I like about um, Andrew Garfield, especially, is they focus on that he is very smart. So like one of the first things you show is like he's got a um, lock on the door, and he, you know you show all the how he's built that and the building of the. Um, the web shooters and all that, I love all that bit. And I think they focus on that really well. The downside of him is he's just, he, feel, he does look too old to be in is it high school. Yeah. yeah. Well, 17, I think. Yeah, 17, 18. I, I think I look, I Googled last night, he was 27 when he filmed that. He's like, yeah. you can kind of tell in parts. He was my age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of play Spider-Man. <laughs> like the meme, um, Steve Buscemi was like, hello, fellow kids. Um, with a skateboard on his back. <laughs> yeah. He, Andrew Garfield had a skateboard. Skateboard on his back. Uh, yeah, he's just he's just so good at Spider-Man. He's just, he gets everything right. And the emotion that he ends up being able to show properly with Ben's death and with Captain Stacy's death 
He's just so good. And I think he's just by far the best Spider-Man. Probably the, maybe the weakest Peter Parker, but all the Spider-Man stuff, I think just makes up for it. Um, Tom Holland, I think is the best all rounder. Um, he can play the nerdy Peter, but can also be quite funny and quite quick witted as Spider-Man. Um, uh, and then Toby, I literally, so I did, I did a tally for every time he pulled a punchable face in that film, <laughs> and I have nine. It's a bit. I can't remember which bit when somebody's talking to me. He just starts, he just stands there and going, "Yeah." Oh, it's, it's, so I've written a couple down. It's like when he's in a canteen, Ben's death, um, the scene. Oh, it's when MJ watch his uncle die, and the first thing you thought yeah. was, "I'd love to punch him in face." Yeah, because he's Toby Maguire. He's okay actor. He just didn't play Spider-Man right for me. Ooh, I saw a little Ooh. unsure face then. He just there's a bit in Spider-Man when they're on. Oh, when um, uh, Green Goblin puts him to sleep and they're on the roof. It just shows no emotion. He's just there, just very still. And I just don't like it. I just can't get along with it. And then when he's uh, Peter, they just don't focus enough on his how intelligent he is. There's a couple of bits where he's like, oh, I can't have fired me. Or, oh, I like science. But they just don't focus on it enough for me. Um, yeah, I just... It's got to be an 80s, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Even the worst Spider-Man. He's the worst. He's the worst, man. Also, they focus way too much on CG for that film. Like, all the fights are very heavily CG, and I don't think he gets the full showing off of what he can do. I think he probably has the same amount as the newer films, but he can't. Oh, he put more it's, it's, it's more notes. It's 2002. It's a lot more. Yeah. Running across the roofs, and you're like, is this PS2 game or what? <laughs> In fact, I think on the special features of the Spider-Man... Uh, one DVD that I had as a kid there was like bloopers and it had that scene where he's running across the roof but like it, there was like coins in front of him and he was collecting them as he was <laughs> fucking weird uh, Andrew's my favourite Spider-Man um, but I went 10 to Tom 9 Ooh. to and 8 to Toby and Andrew Garfield I, I, I felt like I had to say Andrew Garfield is my favourite Spider-Man it's gonna. It's fucking feels. It feels almost sickening to say, but it's because of Sp- Amazing Spider-Man Two and not Amazing Spider-Man One that he's my favorite Spider-Man, which is fucking weird to say. But um, and I, I, uh, Tom Holland is so, is the only Spider-Man who's playing a high schooler that feels like a fucking high school. Though he does say he's fifteen. I yeah. would say, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think maybe, but definitely not fifteen. But. He's the only one that's believable as a high schooler. Like he's doing shit that he, he doesn't know the outcome. Like that, he does things and it's either makes things worse or he it kind of goes off the rails. The bit where he where he's the guy who stole the bike, he like gets the bike and he's like, "Whose bike's this?" Like and he just leaves it on the side. If it take if this isn't your bike, please don't steal it. <laughs> please don't steal it. Um, you know the the. He's just he just plays it all like he's got the emotional moments like when he's bit when he's crushed and the bit when he tells when he loses the suit and he's talking to Aunt May and he's telling her like he lost the internship obviously that's a lie but um, and the begging to Tony Stark and the realization at the end and he's funny he's so like again in that little montage when he's when they're like hey Spider Man do a flip it's like the exact yeah. the exact kind of thing that would happen in real life and he's 
he's so believably young. Like when they're in class and he's doing the push-ups, uh, not the push-ups, the curls, and he's, he's doing too well. And as soon as he says, looking good, Peter, he starts to struggle a bit. And like being awkward at a party, that bit when he sat on the roof looking down at the party and he's like, hey, uh, has anybody seen my buddy Peter? And he was just here and all that kind of bit. It's just, I think he does it all. Unlike with you said, Cal, with the story, um, they replace serious moments with jokey moments. I think that's what makes Spider-Man, Spider-Man in the comics, in the TV shows and the cartoons, the games. It's the humour of Spider-Man as well as the tragedy. And I think whilst the other two show that he's got more tragedy, I feel like this one just kind of not lives it as much, but deals with it a little bit more in a fun way. So, yeah, Toby is such a dork. And he's, like, like I said, this that film is great. It stands up against, I think it is up there with like 1970s Superman and Keaton's Batman. It is, it is really that good. And that's what part of the reason is his performance feels like a, an old performance. It feels like a performance from that era. Um, but he definitely looks and acts like he lives at home with an aunt who's in her 80s, who's a dork, um, who thinks that buying a two or three grand car is going to be the same as Flash pulling up in the fanciest car. And Sorry, real quickly. Something that really pissed no, me off. No, 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 I'm cutting you off real quick. Is So he's looking at a, he's looking at a um, 9-11. He's like, I want to buy that or something like that. And then when he does... Uh, something I hear about Sam Raimi films, all the flashing things that go in front of him. They show a car and an MJ like on it. It's a completely different car to what he's actually wanting to buy. Really annoyed me. Continue. <laughs> but he has his moments, like the bit when he's like, I have to beat an old lady with a stick to get his cranberries. And he is, he's, Tim McGuire plays the Stan Lee era of Spider-Man comics perfectly. I don't like the Stanley era of Spider-Man comics because they're dead fucking dorky. So, um, Andrew, let's get to the big one. I agree with everything you both said. He's perfect in every way. But the the humour side of, there's the knife, there's a knife bit. And it's like, no, not knives, my one weakness. It's fucking brilliant. Um, that whole casting is great. Yeah. But again, it, it, it comes off as quite mean in the first film. So he's still got the humor, but he does come off as quite mean when he's first being Spider-Man. Um, and there's that shot in the car bit when like the camera zooms on it and his head's tilting. And it's like, it's actually quite, it's actually quite intimidating rather than like what Spider-Man is very Batman rather than Spider-Man. Yeah. It's almost like a horror the way like the guy looks and he's not there and he's looking around and he's just, yeah, it's strange. And then, but in amazing Spider-Man two, he's every up until the tragic end everything about him is fun. <sighs> everything about him is fun, like when he puts on the fire hat and all that kind of stuff. Um, and when he like speaks to Max and he's like, uh, you're my hero, Max, or whatever. Like Everything about Amazing Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man is perfect. The film's not, but every- and that's why I love him more. And the first one is just too dark for me, but still better than Toby. So yeah, that's why I went 10 to Tom, 9 to Andrew, and 8 to Toby. Poor, poor Tim McGuire is getting shat on. I know, the thing is, I don't think film. he's a bad actor. No, I think his performance in Babylon I thought was really good. 
his performance in uh, Tropic Thunder as the monk. Uh, <laughs> I think the problem with... I'm sorry. No, go on then. I think the problem with Toby is Spider-Man is he plays both of them, both Spider-Man and Peter, very similar. And I think that's kind of his problem is when when Peter puts the suit on, he, it's, he's like his alter ego. He is more... He lets himself out more, whereas when Toby's playing in it, they just seem very similar. Also, like, not... Spider-Man's homophobic. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah he's one of my guy, which we'll talk yeah. about soon. One of the goats. Um, one last thing I don't like, particularly about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is how unindependent he is. Mm. Like, he's always trying to f- get help. Like, he's always on phone. He won't leave fucking Happy Hogan alone, for Christ's sake. And he's always turning to Iron Man. He's even got Ned in the chair helping. Like, chair. Spider-Man's like basically scene, always been kind of like on his own, really. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I quite like about him, because as a... 15 year old, if that's what he's supposed to be. That's exactly what 15 year old. If you're a 15 year old that got picked up by Iron Man, the biggest superhero in the world, and then given a suit, like, I wouldn't leave him alone either. It'd be like me chasing my boss around constantly because he wants to fix my problems, which I do. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I 100% fully believe that if Iron Man had gave you this support network, that you'd 100% constantly be trying to be like, Best friends with the biggest superhero in the world. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll touch on the villains now then. Because all three have got very different villains. I like that they're not all the same. There's very rare Spider-Man villains that have been used more than once in in any of these franchises, I think. There's Harry Osborn as the second Green Goblin. But is there anyone else that's been used more than once? Uh, no way home. No, we're not kind of no way. <laughs> not the same actors playing. <laughs> I don't think so. I think no. Green, Green, you've got Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I, I wouldn't even count that because he's not really... Well, he is Green Goblin, but it's Harry Osborn's Green Goblin. Isn't yeah. yeah, so you get like, that's you get him at the end of Game Spider-Man Frank. 3 as well. Yeah. You've got two for that character twice, but anyone else I think only gets done once, which is quite impressive considering how like iconic some of these guys are. So you've got, obviously, Green Goblin in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. You've got uh, Dr. Kirk Connors as the lizard in um, The Amazing Spider-Man. And then you've got Adrian Toomes as Vulture in Homecoming. So they're all great performances. Um, all great actors, Will Underfall. Is it Reese? How did you pronounce his last name? Ethan's? Ethan's. Ethan's, yeah. And then you've got Michael Keaton as well. So how did you score that, Josh? So, when I was watching, as I said, I watched Spider-Man and then I watched The Amazing Spider-Man straight afterwards. There's a lot of similarities in how they portray Green Goblin and um, Lizard. Like, when they're in the sewers with Lizard, he's talking to himself and it's very Green Goblin-esque. And I just don't really like the design of Lizard all that much. I think it just... At times it looks good, other times it just doesn't. So, for me, I've gone... 10 to Goblin, um, then I've gone 9 to Vulture and 8 to Lizard. Uh, Vulture is, if it wasn't for how perfectly William Defoe captures Green Goblin, Michael Keaton would absolutely run away with Vulture because he's so good. He does the whole, I mean, I know you're all going to talk about it, but the car scene and the, the slow reveal, the reveal of he's Lizard's dad is just so fucking good and he's played so well, and him slowly realizing 
your fucking Spider-Man is just so he's, he's perfectly played and the design of him is amazing with the whole flight jacket that make look like the feathers and the helmet to look looking like the beaks great but then it's just kind of outshone by Green Goblin isn't it he's William Defoe's Green Goblin as much as I hate Spider-Man it's just the best thing about it he really is well one of the best things about it the how he acts, the split personality he can manage to do, the scene at the end when um, you know, he's being Goblin and then he switches out and I'm like, oh Peter it's me, he's just great and also he gets this shine again as it is No Way Home, just brilliant although, in the transformation scene, when he's becoming Green Goblin, yeah yeah, how many quick pan shots do they need to do of different people's faces, I know it's very Sam Raimi but god it wound me up but yeah Ten Goblin, Nine Vulture, Eight Lizard. Lizard's good. Lizard <laughs> is good. Part of me likes the design. Part of me hates the human you face. You said you didn't like the design. Part of me likes the design. I like how big he is and the look of him until he gets the face and then I just it ruins it. Yeah, the face ruins it. Although Connors is a great character. Played really well. Just Oh, he's planned stupid. Let's face it, his evil plan's stupid because he's turned himself into a big lizard. He feels self-conscious, so he wants to turn everyone else into a big lizard. Yeah. On that note. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Have you never wanted everybody else to be a big lizard? We've yeah. all felt it at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's all I would say on that. I do think all of them are played very well, but just certain points just kind of weaken each one. Fair enough, Have you got it then, Nathan? I went 10 for, as Tim Maguire calls him, Gobby. Gobby, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, 10 for Green Goblin. It's like a standout, not just in this movie, it's a standout a villain performance in every superhero movie. Like if you was to bring up, it's, you've got, I think people talked about his Green Goblin the same way people talk about Heath Ledger's Joker. Like it's just a perfect... The perfect casting. He's so believable as just a regular businessman at the beginning. And as soon as he starts going insane, that's the bit where he's talking to himself in the mirror and his face changes. It doesn't like he doesn't, it's like he turns into a fucking different person. His yeah. face changes that much. Like it goes from being like soft and like worried to like being really angular and clown like and evil. It's so fucking good. The only part of Green Goblin I don't like is as everybody else has described it ever throughout history of time, is the Power Ranger costume. Don't like that, but... Well, the eyes keep flicking up. Or having, like, little holes in them. Yeah. Um, like, because it wasn't going to be that high def in the past, so you can't, you shouldn't have been able to see him, but now we can. Yeah. Um, <coughs> outside of the... But the costume design doesn't take away anything from his performance, and he's, he's the only one rip without a plan as well. I've kind of noticed. Yeah. Watching. Like the plan for Tombs is to steal a load of shit. The plan for the lizard is to turn everybody into lizards, obviously. Wilds. Um, <laughs> the only plan that makes sense, isn't it? Um, whereas Goblin's plan is just, I woke up, I've done some shit. Fuck shit on. Now let's just take out Spider there's, there's no, there's other than like, it's the Goblin kind of makes Norman's life better, but Norman doesn't know about it, doesn't want it. And the only the only kind of thing that he wants to do for whatever reason I can't remember is to destroy Spider Man. 
and I think that's just because he won't. It's just because he won't join him, really. Yeah, you just got sure he got ghosted. Bitter. You got yeah, he got jealous, and he was just took it out on him, and then yeah, but it's it all comes down to the performance, and nothing will beat Willem Dafoe's performance in in Green Goblin. Like I said, the don't tell Harry. Um, the screaming when he's dressed up as an old lady in the burning building. <laughs> so ridiculous, but he's so in cool. the outfit yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the um I'd love to know how he got that on. Put that outfit on, then he was putting the old lady did, up on top of it. <laughs> yeah. He did make me chuckle because like I completely forgot. Like I said to you, Cal, before we started recording, I've not watched the first Spider-Man in quite a while. Um, but then he jumps into the building and he's looking at he's looking at the woman in the in the robe is like, hey, are you okay? And it's like a xenomorph from Alien. In the, you can see how far back the head goes. It's like Christ. Is Spider Man? At least he's not judging on deformed people. Like he's like just trying to save her. But you know the the iconic. I'm something of a scientist myself. And when he jumps out and he does the arms and and, and all that and the really like. When they go up into Peter's room and he's sm- and he's like sees the blood and he looks out and he's just the thickest blood, may I just say, no, the thickest wax. blood. That is wax. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's Spider-Man blood, lad. That's what yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> just, a, just as a side, really weird that like, oh, I didn't realize Peter was up in his room, and then everybody at the party goes upstairs to check Peter's room to see if he's there. It's really yeah. fucking strange. Um, but I've been jacking off. <laughs> Imagine that mate walked in. Probably help him. Um, that's how close they are. Um, Lizard is just forgettable. I went eight for Lizard. He's a, a bog standard villain. He's to me, he's no different from the one from Thor: The Dark World. He's just a cheap copy of a cheap copy of Green Goblin. A scientist that's gone insane. A bit default. The the good bit I like about the Lizard is that for the first time. And the only time, other than I don't really count Venom, but he's like he's fighting a monster, like an actual monster, um, which is cool. Like the the fight in the schools, really, really fucking good. I won't get oh, to yeah. that. I um, but compared to the other two, like he's just so bland. And Tombs is brilliant. The good old Spider Man in the car, just everything about it. The reveal, the the fact that he's just a He's a low-level crime guy with high-tech stuff. Just really, really works. Uh, and it's Michael Keaton. He, put, he managed to do a performance that kind of made people forget he was Batman because that's the that was the thing going in is, oh, we've got Batman as Vulture. Um, and he played Vulture so convincingly, unlike The Flash where he wasn't able to play Batman convincingly. Um, Not when he's like a hobo in the bottom of a fucking basement. <laughs> he's got flip-flops on. Him, got in. Um, but that, that um, doing anything to protect, I'll do anything to protect my family, even kill a fucking 15-year-old kid. Like, <laughs> really, really good. Um, so yeah, that's how I scored it. Yeah, I went 10 to Green Goblin as well, because like you said, it is iconic. There are reasons people have been saying for years now that they wanted Willem Dafoe to play the Joker and it's because of how good he was as the Green Goblin. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember too many times before this where there was a villain that played like the split personality, in, especially in a comic book where they were 
trying to be good, but they'd switch like that. And they had to play two very different versions of the same character, just on the flick of a switch. And he did it so fucking well. Like I said, the mirror, the scene in front of the mirror when he's just talking to himself, it's so good. And while the suit isn't the best, I think his performance makes up for it. And like the stuff at the end is really good. When he's turning on the charm as Norman, I think it's great. Like when he goes around for Thanksgiving, he's talking to Aunt May and stuff. I think it all works really well. Um, I don't like the design of the lizard either. I think it's, it's the face. But, like the face is weird, it's the face. cartoony. Like it's not intimidating in the slightest, um, and it doesn't feel like the terrifying monster. It probably should. And again, that plan is stupid as fuck. But I do, <laughs> so dumb. I do. You, I do like that you can sympathise with him in a sense that he was just trying to fix himself, and it's and it's gone wrong. Um, whereas Norman was obviously just pissing about with technology. <laughs> Um, I, feel like and, if, I feel like if each fight, so the bridge and then the school and then the final battle, I feel like if the lizard, because he talked about evolving, I feel like if he looked different and grown more and more into like mm. the lizard every time, kind of like the recent game, like you just every time you fought him, he got bigger and more more lizard-like. Like if in the final fight he found out like the snout and he was big and fucking gnarly, it would have been better. But I feel like they wanted to keep the human features so you could... Th- like you say, sympathise with him. Yeah, it feels that way. Um, but that's it's too cowardly. I think it's taking the easy route. Like it should, he should have looked terrifying. It would have felt like a bigger threat. You hear that, Sony? We're not getting your sponsorships. We're calling you cowards. Pussy holes. That's what they are. You can't. As my guy Kincaid said, "Little burnt faced pussy holes." Oh God. Um, but yeah, I also went nine for Vulture. So I think we all had the same scores across the board because. I love Michael Keaton's performance. I love that he's a family man just doing what he feels is necessary. I love the shot reveal that it's Lizzie's dad. I remember watching that in the cinema for the first time and actually gasping because it's weird because you just don't... There's no foreshadowing for it, apart from the mention it's of his kid so at the well. beginning. But I don't even think they mention a gender. They just say his okay. kid. Yeah. That's it. You don't think at all. Um, so when he opens the door, your first thought is, shit, he's found him. And it's like, oh, no, wait, it's his house. And then you get that really weird dynamic where it's the loving husband joking around with his wife. And then the car scene when you see him working it out and putting two and two together and he realises it's Spider-Man. It's so intense. It is so intense, but it's great acting. It is so good. I love the confidence that he thinks he's figured it out that quickly that the first thing he does is pull a gun on a 50 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love that he's like, he doesn't even miss it. He's like, does Lizzie know? And he's like, no, what? It's like, then she doesn't go. It's like... That could have been any kid could be like, fucking know what? What's going on? Yeah. Like that I took fucking Betty out last week. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> put the gun down. Yeah. The other good thing about Homecoming is how other how many other villains they either show off or talk about. Obviously, yeah. you have going into a bit of supporting cast, but you obviously have Donald Glover hinting at Prowler. Um, sh- yeah, Shocker. He was another character they showed, and also the Tinker they show off as well. Which how he gets his Scorpion at the end as well. Scorpion at the end, yeah. There's a lot of things that I could like peas and obviously do nothing fuck all with. Like the Tinker shows off how he gets the purple outline that's quite synonymous with him. It's from the is it Chari? I can't remember what the aliens called in Avengers. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But their Sorry. tech is all purple and everything. That's oh, yeah, how he gets yeah. his. I just like. How, how many they do show off. I also really love the Vulture design because it could... The cartoon one and the comic one is goofy as hell. And, like, yeah. it felt almost impossible to do that seriously, but they, they, they made it 
so fucking effectively. Like using technology and like the way the mask and the the, the bright green eyes, it looks terrifying. That first shot when he shows up and um, he takes Peter into the sky and drops him. I think he it looks fucking awesome. You also get the little. To be fair, you do get a little Batman reference then as well when you've got his. I was going to say that. In the moon. Yeah, right. with the moon. It's good. He's good. Um, but yeah, Willem Dafoe is iconic. So yeah, I went ten. MCU. MCU do a really good job of making. They've took some of the cartoonier villains and brought them into the modern day and done really well designing them. Like Mysterio from. Far from home is such a great design and how it's a very that. good design, yeah. Very good design. Because again, a very goofy villain. They've managed to make him really serious and deadly with tech. Yeah, I agree. Um the there are there is something that they've criticized a lot about like MCU villains being disappointed. But I think for Spider-Man, for the most part, they've like they've got it bang on yeah. this time. Which again, it's for me is a shame that they kind of went like for the MCU, they've kind of just gone, oh, well, we can't top Willem Dafoe and we can't top Alfred Molina and we can't top this and that, so we're just going to bring them all back. Like, I really wanted to see what an MCU goblin, an MCU yeah. uh, Doctor Octopus and Scorpion everybody would look like, but... It would have been a perfect opportunity for them to have done a new villain for them to design. Yeah. And they just chicken out. They tying into all the story and they wanted to, like, cash in on, like, the... The Spider-Verse stuff as well and, and all that kind of stuff. It's such a disappointing route for Tom Holland's Spider-Man to go, especially the, the villains is what upset me the most is because I really just wanted to see what they would have done differently to, to make their goblin their goblin. And they, you know, it's I wanted to see Vulture kind of lead the Sinister Six because he could probably do it. Yeah. And have that have that follow-up. But oh well, we live in the too much nostalgia baiting with um no way home, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it would have been nice if somehow Tom didn't learn the secret, like the identities of the villains. So when you could do a Green Goblin down the line and he doesn't automatically know it's Norman Osborn, so he can't go immediately to it. Like it would have, if he'd be like, oh, I've seen something like this before, but it's a different design, it's a different person playing it. It would have been nice, but yeah, because he knows who Norman is, it does feel like we're not going to get those villains, which is a shame because Doc Ock and Green Goblin are his most iconic, so it does feel bizarre we're not getting them. Yeah, and it feels like the tension between Sony and Marvel like means we're probably never gonna get it like an actual street level Spider-Man either. Like it'd be really good if you could have like him finally meeting Norman Osborn and him trying to do everything he can to put him on the right like to avoid it but then inadvertently still like he would start it. But like, I just don't think we're going to get anything clever like that. Instead, we're going to get Tom Holland sucked into Madam Web's universe and fighting Craven and Morbius. It's morbid time. Kurt Connors doesn't die at the end of the main no. Spider-Man, does he? No, I guess I'm to... I didn't think he did. The after credit scenes in the... Um, he's in the prison, isn't he? And gets me yeah. shadowy man. Yeah. So, because they're talking Toby, about... Only England. Toby kills. Yeah. <laughs> kills yeah. a lot. I suppose look, he doesn't kill Goblin. Totally no, doesn't kill, kill him. Goblin. He moves, kills himself. I mean, he kills the person that killed Uncle Ben. Yeah, but that motherfucker Which is was a... asking for it. Although it wasn't him. That's a dumb scene, right? Because they literally have... The camera has a light directed straight on him. right? And then the cops come up behind him and somehow they don't seem to swing away. Ah, uh, yeah, well, you can say that about Andrew Garfield that's in the middle of a fucking room with a helicopter spotlight on him. And that is fucking true. I didn't go about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's just dumb. 
We've talked about the Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Men, should I say, and the villains. So next we'll talk about the love interest. This should be interesting. Um, well, let's, just, uh, let's just get out of the way, shall we? Shall we all just say 10 to uh, Emma Stone and just fucking move on? Okay, yeah, pretty much. Kirsten Dunn's 10 straight off the bat. No, yeah, um, so you've got Kirsten Dunst's uh, Mary Jane Watson in... Uh, I thought you were coughing to Spider-Man. You what, sorry? I thought Nathan were having a coughing pit, Spider-Man. <laughs> no, you've got um, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. I think... Uh... Hello, Nathan, can you speak? I can now. No, I was going to say, <laughs> I thought you'd gone silent for a sec. And then you've got Liz, who is just... It's a weird choice, um, put it that way, but I'll let Nathan go first then, because he seems to have very clear thoughts on it. I'll score it. Gwen, of ten. Yeah. yeah. Kirsten Dunst, seven. Seven. Can't. <laughs> Liz, seven. <laughs> they seven. are are fucking her and like Josh. The rules are there to be broken. Okay. I'm just trying to fucking work it out quickly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what's her name? Liz. The only good thing about and it's it seems a bit poor to say, but the only good thing about Liz is who her dad is. Like, I don't find her fun at all, and she's like, I mean, she's you know nice or whatever. But I'd never really believed. Like, you know that it's never really going to work. Like even from the get-go, you know it's not gonna that's not gonna be the end game. And as soon as you realise who her dad is, you hundred percent know it's not gonna be the end game. Oh god, where do we go with Mary Jane? Where do we go? Right. This is this might just have to be a special episode on itself. Through that film, she gets through <laughs> So she's she dates Flash. She then dates Peter's best friend. Then cheats on Peter's best friend with Spider-Man. So we'll count that as another person. And then proclaims her love to Peter Parker. Then so technically she doesn't know Peter Parker and Spider-Man are different people. In the in the whole film, she's she's in it with four different people. Like this it's just flip-flops. That and she's just not she's a bit of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> the bit where Peter Parker waves to her and then he just walks like walks the her friends walk past her. She doesn't even acknowledge him, which I get is to make him look more like <laughs> that's fucking funny though. It's to make him look more like a loser, but still you'd you'd at least give him a pity wave because she's supposed to be like his next door neighbour and <laughs> nice to him. Like go about that bit we're watching the film. There's that lovely bit there's that lovely bit where like they're um talking and he's talking about Really creepily talking about how he made her cry. She made him cry when she played Cinderella. Creepy. But then a really nice heart to heart. And then she sees a boyfriend with a flash car, no pun intended. And she's, <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, let me, let me jump on your dick. And I'm like, almost fucking immediately. She's constantly fucking moaning. She's constantly fucking whining. Oh, God, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And I don't get everybody, and I know exactly the reason why. Everybody says she's the she's hot. Not for me. Not really my type. And I know why people say it. Just can see her nipples in the rain. But just not for me. Just not for me. Can't stand it. Why, oh, why would you proclaim your love for somebody at your best friend's dad's funeral? Why would you do it? 
Yeah, it's a strange place to do it because it's yeah. your ex. But not only is it your best friend, it's Wait. your ex's dad. Your ex's dad's, your, yeah, so your ex's dad's funeral already, which has got to be awkward, but then you're proclaiming your love to your ex's best friend whose other father figure has just died as well. Oh. Well, has he, though? Because I feel like there's a large gap between Uncle Ben snuffing it and the end of that film. Yeah, there's probably more fucking people between, the two, between those four. Talk oh. about the one you like. Talk about the one you like. No, it's much more fun when I talk about it. <laughs> you weren't here for the Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Nightmare on Elm Street episode. Yeah, that was rough. Oh, it was rough. She, she's just... in her eyes! What's wrong with her eyes? Why can't she open them fully? She always looks like she's smoking pot. Like, she's got Muppet eyes. Oh! <sighs> anyway, Gwen Stacy. Perfect. She's perfect. She stands up to Flash. Spot on. And she does it like like... That kind of person would. Um, she's believable. She's loving. She's 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 a fucking angel. Oh, when no, he's just reminded someone else. When Peter says to when Aunt May's talking to Peter about when he first sees Mary Jane and she's like, Mary, Aunt May, is that an angel? No, it's a fucking child. You know what a child looks like, you moron. How many angels do you know that are ginger? <laughs> I don't know any. Oh, but yeah, all, all Kirsten Dunst has got going for her. She's the only Mary Jane that we've actually had. Yeah, which is quite yeah. weird considering oh, our Mary Jane. Yeah, we've got an MJ, but no, yeah, yeah. But she's the only and the iconic look with the red hair. It's the only one we've had. They were obviously going to bring one into the Amazing Spider-Man's before that yeah. franchise. What about the what about the red look with the Komodo on? She's wearing at the. <laughs> yeah. When I got on, I was like, "What? What? What? What's wearing that for?" Yeah, I feel like cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah, I was like, mm, so "Get cancelled for that these days." Yeah. Um, yeah, I went ten in favour of Gwen Stacy as well for very obvious reasons. I think the performance she's fucking awesome, so much better. Like that, just that in performance outshines anything Kirsten Dunst does in that first movie. <laughs> I think Emma Stone is a tremendous actress. I think. The character is incredible. I think it's nice that they went with Gwen Stacy instead of Mary Jane. Um, and I love how intelligent she is as well and the way she helps towards the end. Like She's involved, and I like that. And I also like when, like you said, she stands up to Flash and she, she's shown that courage. And um, she even like does it with her dad as well. And when um, Peter sneaks into the science like the, the building although stupid idea to speak up when you're supposed to be fucking hiding and he has to always <laughs> yeah. the fucking know it all and she, she keeps that secret for him um, I love all that stuff and I love that he tells her who he is and me like we in the first film I love that they don't drag it out and she knows he's Spider-Man and he's fine with it like she understands it and you'd think in most films if you go somewhere with her dad and he ends up dead you'd expect the the, the girl to kind of like hold the distance but she doesn't want to she's the one that goes to he's the one like that separating herself and she's the one that goes over like what the fuck are you playing at like she's so headstrong and I think she's great um, I like that line like you said when she keeps his secret and then she's like a, he's the he's the second brightest at uh, Midtown High and she's like he's like second brightest like yeah second brightest yeah, yeah. put him in his place also I know I think they were, they were together in real life I don't know whether they were at the time or they were afterwards but the chemistry those two have it's so fucking clear of anything in any of the others. Like it's incredible. Like you do, you do believe that there is so there. The way they even they flirt, at the, like when they first start to get to know each other, and it just it feels real. 
And I love when she tells him to say his name, when she says, what's your name? And he says, you don't know my name. And she says, no, I do. I just want to make sure you do. And then he tries to play it cool. And he was like, oh, uh, you're, you're Gwen, right? Like, like you don't fucking know. Like he ain't got a date of birth in his fucking notebook or something. When, uh, when, Uncle, when Uncle Ben's like, he's got your picture in his bedroom. <laughs> But even then, like the, the way she flirts when he's like, "Oh no, it's this," she's "Oh, you haven't got me on your computer." Like she sounds like, oh, like it's obviously a joke, but she sounds disappointed. Like it's been great together. Um, Liz is just not to sound mean, but it feels pointless. Like it was—I don't know why they thought to do that and have Zendaya, who is MJ, which they reveal at the end, just play like a side role, and then in the next film, he just immediately switches his attention to her. It feels like a strange. Way it, it, not that it's settling for her when she becomes a love interest, but it's like, are you saying Liz leaving is the only reason he eventually liked Mary Jane? Because he, I mean, MJ, should I say, because he didn't notice her before that in that way, like, there was nothing there. Um, and I do like the reveal with Liz's dad, but again, it just feels like the character was a waste of time. Um, that's all there for is for that reveal, really. Yeah, yeah. but Kirsten Dunst is a little better than Liz, I think. I, I don't. It's hard with a character because growing up with it and being the only Mary Jane Watson we got, you do it's it's hard to hate it too much. And like because we haven't had another one since, it feels iconic in a way that she's the only one to really portray the character. But you're not wrong in the sense she is a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> she is a dickhead. And like she doesn't stand up for people when her boyfriend's an ass to him. And the the way she's like I mean, that scene is really funny when she kind of waves at the girls and Peter thinks it's to him and he's a silly bastard, but you would like <laughs> at least acknowledge him at that point because I'd feel it, you'd feel embarrassed for him. Um, and I don't mind her, but compared to Gwen Stacy, it's no fucking competition. So I went ten I went ten in favour of Gwen, nine for Mary Jane and eight for Liz. Before you hold on, Josh, one sec, because I'm just gonna talk about fucking Mary Jane. Almost immediately after that, he's taking a photo and she's all like posing and being like whatever. He's dead creeping, just zooming on his face, on her face. No, no, no. When she's actually posing in front of the spiders and and then she's doing all these different kind of poses and then somebody shouts her, she just walks off. She doesn't even say bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for taking the picture. Or are they good? It's just, hey, MJ. And she just literally just head turns, walks. Like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah, but he is a dweeb, isn't he? Yeah, but still, like you, even you, you'd still like give him a goodbye, like a pity. Sorry, Josh, you go. Uh, I'm the exact same as Cal, and I think you. No, uh, I, went, I went sevens. Oh, you went sevens now. Uh, Liz and I, she's again the only reason she's there is to make the impact the the impact of Vulture more. Um, yeah. She's just, I think she's just a bit boring. She comes across very arrogant at times, which I noticed during the film. Like when they're going, I can't this bitch, but she's talking to Peter and it's just like, oh, shut up. Then nine to MJ. I don't think she's as bad as someone's making her out to be. Though she is. You're a fucking terrorist, the way he's going on. Yeah, she's the worst. She's genuinely the worst. I'll tell, tell you what scene I hate, and I know it's very iconic and people love it. It's the upside down kissing scene. Because all they're doing is just kissing chins. And then you can literally tell if, during the scene, you can literally tell they're kissing and they're going, oh, wait, we're not touching lips. And they try and move down, but they move to. It just looks terrible. And then obviously. You can hang upside down like that. You don't know where you are. Yeah. Go then, 
<laughs> what, just sucking on her nose? No, no, Josh, lower. <laughs> Uh, hey, no. Where would his body be, Josh? <laughs> Gwen Stacy, ten. She's just perfect. Um, she gets the role so well. I understand. Mean, uh, she's so good. Um, although one thing I don't like is Are you dared say anything bad about her. Oh, I swear to God. The only thing I don't like about it, you know, the scene when after he's just fought the lizard and they're in the bedroom and she's cleaning I you, up. I see for a sec. I thought you just said after that scene where he just fucked the lizard. I was like, what, <laughs> what version did you watch? I don't know what's the right one. <laughs> when she, yeah, they've just she's he's just fought the lizard. He's coming to the room and he's all blooded up and everything. It just goes on a bit too much and it's like, okay, get off each other again, Pete. You're not meant to be that cool and slick. <laughs> The one scene that you don't like is that they're in love and they're having a bit Yeah, of... yeah, yeah. Why should you be happy? <laughs> I do like the bit when he's like, okay, I'm going to throw you out the window now. And she's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you get this. I think uh, none of us have mentioned it. I think with Gwen as well, and it helps with the performances, you int- any Spider-Man fan knows, you introduce Gwen and it's a ticking time bomb from the beginning. So you don't like, there's a whenever she's in danger there's a very real chance she's going to fucking die because you know that she gonna, she's going to die at some point. Um, so when he chucks her out, and it would have been really weird to have done it then, but when he chucks her out the window... He just murdered her. And she, swing, and she swings down. Like, you've got that, like, you've already got that kind of tease of what's mm. to come. So it's you've got that tension with her. And the, the only... Like, you don't think MJ's going to die and nobody cares if Liz would die. Um, so... Like there's there's that tension there with with her as well. So yeah, I do like that scene um, when he saves the little boy in the car, and when it drops, and he has to use his web to hit him in the chest to catch him, and it's like it works. And then the next time he tries it, he Gwen, it fucking doesn't work. <laughs> it fucking does not work. And then he doesn't try it with Zendaya. He fucking he's got to make sure he gets her this time. And he jumps down. Well, no, we don't want tears on the podcast. <laughs> I know. Oh God. That um, that scene in that film, honestly, I think we're all this we're all the same. Just absolute goosebumps when that fact that when he lands in his car, it's like, oh. more than goosebumps, pal. I think I was in Eleanor's arms crying. <laughs> I yeah, really don't want to just... ask me if I, if I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> My therapist no, stopped talking about it. Yeah, yeah. get over <laughs> it. Now. Get over it. But yeah, the chemistry that those two have together is just so good. Yeah. You, as, you, as you can tell, whether they're. Uh, together at the time or not it's believable because they are just so good together and like even um Glenn's relationship with the dad like the scene when Pete is in the room and she's talking to her dad it's just she's just actually so well it's just so good I don't want hot chocolate dad yeah yeah cramps and all that he's like oh never mind then yeah he's like get me the fuck out of here yeah yeah so good it's yeah, just, just brilliant I also love the dynamic with her dad Obviously, being yeah. police um, chief, that's after Spider Man. It just it adds a different an, an entertaining wrinkle to it. Um, not quite the same as her dad being the villain, but yeah. Also, Gwen starts to have some great lines in Main Spider Man too, like the whole bit which um, I think. Oh my god, we can't go into that one as well. Today. Yeah, the great scene uh, towards the end of the film. Um, <laughs> no, when um, I think I can't remember if Peter runs off or Spider Man swings off and she straps Peter. It's yeah. just so good. And she just catches herself. She she just have a, she just have a cracking ending there in that film. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Let that one drop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you went 10, 9, 8 in favour of 
Like, yeah, I didn't break the rules and put sevens and sixes and whatever. Like a couple of sevens to miserable bastard over there. <laughs> I really want to remember what I really can't remember what we pulled. I pulled the seven out for last time. I need to. I need to go back. You know, um, have you never been any lower than a seven? No, good time. <laughs> because the thing is, it's like um, in MMA, which is what it was kind of judged on. Like you never really get less than an eight. An eight is when it's been like essentially one of us is almost merged the other man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. Eight with you one side of it. And even put out a seven, but it just means like this is not right. four. So yeah, we touched on all, like the main, like the most important characters, but we'll, we might as well talk about the supporting cast now. All three movies have obviously got stacked casts. You've got people like James Franco in Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. You've got Joe. Is it Joe? I don't know how pronounce his last name. Mangianelli. Magnet, Mag- right, real quickly. All of us are Scrubs friends. Yeah. All three of us are Scrubs friends. Every time he showed up in the jack outfit and everything, I just thought of the scrub scene that he shows up in. You know, when um, they talk. Right. Yeah. I Every know, time I saw him. He plays like the stereotypical jock. Yeah, the stereotypical Is that the fantasy scene? Yeah, yeah. When they're making out with two women on the car and he's like, oh, let's get out of here. Yeah, Every I time know. I saw it, I just thought of that. Sorry, continue. But you've also got fucking Randy Savage. Yes. The fucking goat in the scene, which is just awesome. I love that so much. I forgot. I forgot well, that that scene it. was in this film because it's been so long since I watched Spider-Man and as soon as he rocked up, I was like, fucking hate The macho man showing up is delightful. It's a playtime. Yeah, I love that so much. I love him. He's, he's so, he was essentially just playing Randy Savage as well. Yeah, he was. He's the exact same. Already. <laughs> and then you've got like the cast. Well. You are Sorry. Bruce Campbell as well. Yeah. Yeah, true. Sorry, yeah. Which seems to happen in almost all Sam Raimi movies. Stable, um, really, isn't it? Who plays Uncle Ben in that one? Because I don't remember his name. Somebody... A boring actor. A boring actor. Uh, I'll touch on that when I come to my opinion. <laughs> oh, let me have, I'll have a look. Why are you talking? Yeah, and then obviously in The Amazing Spider-Man, you've got some decent names a as well, like Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen's incredible as Uncle Ben. You obviously touched on it earlier with Sally Fields, who I love in everything she does. Like she's a great actress. Oh, sorry, Rick Robertson. Yeah, he's long gone now. I think bless him. I think I remember seeing he died. Like 50. Uncle Ben, yeah, yeah. Uncle Ben's gone in every aspect. Um, but yeah. yeah, you've got the whole cast in Amazing Spider-Man is like really well done. You've got like Gwen Stacy's father, whose name escapes me as well, uh, uh, Dennis Leary. The, the, I think the cast is just great. Um, obviously, Homecoming, you pull out some big names like Tony Stark, like you've got Robert Downey Jr., you've got Happy Hogan, who I can't believe his name's just like disappeared out of my head. He's, he's fucking famous as hell, John Favreau. Yeah, I don't know why his name like disappeared. You've got Zendaya as, as MJ, you've got uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. It's you even you got missed. like Gwyneth Paltrow showing up right at the end. You've yeah. got um, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers making weird cameos in the TV screen. Like the cast is very stacked. Um, I think I'm you've just... missed you've missed the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest character in the first Spider-Man. Well, I'd be funny, man. I'm going to try fucking run, run off some names. <laughs> I can't forget people, right? It's hard to remember everyone. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm starting to go. How the hell has he forgot that character? Yeah, uh, Jacob Simmons and Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah, I forgot she was in. Kim. 
Kim, yeah. JD's baby mama. Um, there are some great names in all three. I went, though. Hold on. Just, I don't want to influence your score, but in the first Spider-Man, you've also got Macy Gray. <laughs> if you remember that artist from the early 2000s, she's got a raspy voice and she sings at the Unity Day Parade. You've, you've, heard, you've, heard got, you've got a comedian called Jim Norton who does a UFC podcast I listen to, and I know he's in it. Who is it? That's just he's like, do you know that montage where it's like all the people talking about Spider Man? He's one yeah. of them. He's got a very, very thick New York accent. The the woman that says uh, eight arms sounds kind of hot. That's Lucy Lawless. That's Xena. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Apparently, they're all stacked. <laughs> so stacked that I can't remember everyone. Um, but I went 10 in favor of Homecoming because of. The established names like Robert Downey Jr. And I love Marissa Tomei. Like, she's literally an Oscar-winning actress um, and she's hot as hell. Like, she is unbelievable. You've got Zendaya playing a very... It's not Obviously, the role grows as it goes on, but in this one, it's it's very, like, insignificant. She's just kind of there providing she's commentary. She's hardly in it. Yeah, she provides commentary on what's going on around her. You've got the reimagined version of The Flash with Tony, I think it's Revelliori. But I might be pronouncing that wrong. I think that doing a different take on Flash was quite interesting. Um, there's no Uncle Ben. Give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a minute. Um, John Favreau's great. Um, Happy Hogan is just a brilliant character. I'm glad that he's stuck around for this long. And I'm also glad that John Favreau's had the chance to, because like I was saying to Eleanor when we were we watching it, because he obviously directed Iron Man and Depending if that was on in anyone else's hands, we might not have the MCU. So I feel like he deserves a lot of credit for what we've had. So it's nice to see him still around. Um of Paltrow showing up. I'm not even knowing now she doesn't even know she's in the film, which is just fucking brilliant. Um, well, the thing, the thing with that was that at the time there was a load of controversy around her, and like she was saying that like I'm not coming back and I'm not being paid enough, and like it was kind of like that's why she wasn't in Iron Man three. Is well, not Iron Man. Um, what oh, she's in Iron Man three. Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, she's in Iron Man. She wasn't in like because there was contract issues and stuff. So her turning up in that was actually quite a big deal. Yeah, I didn't say I didn't know that. Um, I didn't follow all that back then. No, yeah. she moved in at the 16th movie, didn't you? So, yeah, exactly. I was a casual viewer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Marissa Tomei as well. I think it's brilliant. I love her in um, my cousin Vinny. I love her in that. I love her in the Wrestler, which is unbelievable. Like it's a great, great movie. Um, I think she's very talented. And I also think, what a good-looking woman. <laughs> Unbelievable-looking woman. You love her. Yeah, you got Donald Glover as yeah. um, Aaron Davis. Like, the cast is great. So I went 10 in favour of that, mostly because I think the established names coming back really helped it. Like, having star power like Robert Downey Jr. show up, is it's never a bad thing. And he's great in it, as he's great in, as Iron Man in every single movie he did. Like, he was just a wonderful casting. So it was nice seeing him. I went nine in favour of The Amazing Spider-Man, which is interesting. But I think some of the casting that, like, I really liked um, the actor, I literally had his name earlier, who plays Flash. And I love the redemption that that Flash gets, which we don't see in any of the others. Like, if you think, the one we've got now has done a trilogy and he's been in all three and he doesn't feel any different. Like, he's the same guy. He's this, this little nerdy ass. Whereas the first one, he's after he gets his ass kicked, we never see him again. Whereas the Flash in the amazing Spider-Man, he goes through that redemptive redemptive arc. Like we see him go to talk to Peter after Uncle Ben dies and apologize. 
we see him at the end playfully like tackling him from behind as a friend. And I know the originally filmed scenes for him in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which they cut, which I think is a fucking crime. Like he should have, he should have been in that as well. And I just think it was nice to see that. Um, I've already touched on Martin Sheen, fucking sensational, no notes. What a man. I love him. I love him as an actor. I think he's great in The Departed. And I think he was great as Uncle Ben. So that went with nine. And while I love Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> more than life itself, the majority of the cast in the first Spider-Man doesn't compare to the others, I don't think. Like, J.K. Simmons is obviously fantastic. Like, he's iconic. Um Joel Manginello is way too old to be playing a child. He looks 40 years old. <laughs> like, it is absolutely insane how old he looks. Um, and the Uncle Ben and Aunt May, I think they're probably the worst for me, which might feel blasphemous to some people, because that Aunt May, is, she's good. But compared to, like, Sally Fields and Marissa Tomei, I don't think it's the same. And I know traditionally Aunt May is supposed to be, like, much older, but I prefer it when they start to get younger. Um, and the relationship she has with Peter in The Amazing Spider-Man and in Homecoming just feel more like wholesome and genuine. So it feels more like, meaningful. That's yeah. even in like yeah, in Amazing Spider-Man when she says to him, "There's one thing you are, it's good," and yeah. um, she like bigs him up and stuff. And like you said, it's kind of obvious she knows what's going on. There's uh, no, there's it. no bits in that Spider in Spider-Man where Aunt May's properly helping Peter along and and I think that's the downfall with her and me wow. yeah. but yeah so that's why I went 10 in favour of MCU's homecoming 9 for Amazing and 8 for Toby Josh how have you got it Um, so I'm really torn between this one because Just do a 10, 10. <laughs> I'm very tempted to don't I'm really tempted to because Homecoming has such... I mean, every time Robert Downey Jr. is on screen as Iron Man, he's going to carry the scene. He's going to be so good. And, like, the bit when, um, after he's helped with the ferry scene, and, you know, Peter's all... Uh, Spider-Man's all cocky walking up to the suit, like, oh, if you can, you'd be here. And as soon as that suit opens up, how quickly RDJ takes over that scene. I literally wrote my note, oh, shit, Daddy's pissed. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's just so good and then obviously you've got Happy Ho- Happy he's just brilliant he's he's kind of the substitute Ben for that and um, his whole story especially in the later films he definitely becomes more of the uncle character um, yeah and they obviously got Donald Glover who shows up every now and then who's really good and I like the fact that he plays Prowler in that version because obviously he played he voiced Miles in a lot of the cartoons which is a nice little reference um, and this other people, and then Aunt May. While yes, some people say she's too young to be Aunt May, but they moved Peter a bit younger looking, so I think it did work. And she's so good as Aunt May. Although the weird waiter, the scene where they're having food, and there's the weird waiter. Yeah, I, I said to Eleanor, that's the weirdest subplot ever. Yeah, it's, kind of it's so weird. Seconds, and we never see him again. But having said of all those great performances. I absolutely love some of the secondary characters in The Amazing Spider-Man. Uncle Ben and Aunt May are played to perfection in that. Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben makes the death of Ben so much more meaningful. Whereas in Spider-Man, it's kind of like, oh, Ben's a character. Ben's um, Peter's uncle. Anyway, Ben's dead. Um, 
there's just no real connection with them where you see Martin Sheen Martin Sheen's been properly trying to take Peter under his wing and it's just so fucking good it is and generally I even I got a bit choked up when he dies although I didn't realise that Ben doesn't give his iconic speech in that film am I wrong? Uh, it's only in the first one yeah he doesn't give the iconic speech in that film and then obviously he quotes his dad doesn't he he says um, yeah um, if you can do great things you had a moral you had a moral um, obligation to do to do those things or something like that yeah, and then he says something like it's about responsibility and that's as, yeah. that's as close as it gets to the actual quote so well, they do that in Civil War as well where Peter says um, if you can do the things that I can do um, something like that but they don't they don't outright say is it until Aunt Mate dies in thingy that no way which is so much a better scene than how I'll touch on in a minute is how they portray that saying in the first film. But sticking with the main program, um, Aunt May, an absolute delight. She's so good as Aunt May. She's proper caring, as you touched on earlier. She's she knows he's Spider Man, but she doesn't need to suggest you know, she doesn't need it. She just wants to be there for him the entire time. Dennis Leary is um, Captain Stacy, so good, so good. Although the entire time I just heard Diego from him. Um, Ice Age, um, but he's he's great. He plays that character so well. Um, I'm really tired between. I'll go Homecoming, ten, Main Spider Man nine, and then other than obviously Macho Man Randy Savage and um, J.K. Simmons as um, Joe Jane Jameson, all the other characters are just a bit boring they're just kind of there james franco doesn't really do much as harry he just becomes a bit of a, he just he's really obnoxious but then again i guess harry kind of is but i just didn't like it the whole scene with the great power comes great responsibility scene with uncle ben didn't make fucking sense why is he giving him that speech when he doesn't have power wait he doesn't have powers but he didn't know he has powers nothing's really happened up until that point for him to give that speech i just he didn't get fight. it because he had the fight with Joe Manganelli or whatever his name is he had the fight and he um, beat him up and whatever you yeah. I didn't like it I thought he just felt a bit too shoe- <laughs> shoehorned prove me wrong but I'm going to ignore you Lou <laughs> <laughs> yes you may have proved me wrong but I don't care <laughs> also I didn't, we didn't even touch on um, in MCU we've got Ned Played by that Jake. I was, I was wondering who was going to mention him. Oh, for poor fucking Ned. Yeah, Great um, uh, relationship and duo there. So good. Um, but yeah, Uncle Ben's just a bit, again, just kind of there and then gone. When the whole fighting scene, right? When he's um, uh, fighting Macho Man Randy Savage. Obviously, it, me and Cal know because me and Cal are wrestling friends. It ends with a ref count out, yeah? And then during the bit with the cat in the scene, he goes, oh, I'm only paying you this amount of money because you went for two minutes got the pin. I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. Didn't pin him once. No, no there was no pin. There was no pin. Ref stopped. Match is still going. Match is still going. <laughs> but yeah, I'll give that an eight. Uh, J.K. Simmons is just fucking incredible. Is J.J. and Jameson. So fucking good. But every other character doesn't bring enough to the table of like the main Spider-Man who has just great, great acting. So that's going to get a nine, and then homecoming has to get a ten purely because of RDJ, I think. Cool. 
So what have you got for it, Nathan? Do you agree with us? No. <laughs> It'd be no fun if I agreed with everything you said. We do that enough every week. <laughs> what have you got, then? <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? As if I'm gonna yeah, come on. Some depressing answer now. It's going to be like, call me number one. Gun. I went 10 for Amazing Spider-Man. Purely because, like, I love the parents. Like, they're perfect. I think they're perfectly cast Andrew Garfield. I love his dad. I I love the fact that the first thing we see is him playing with his dad. Like, in his dad. What? (laughs) I just make things weird, man. The the kid is playing with his hide and seek with his dad. He's not playing hide the sausage, he's playing hide and seek. Did you two watch a different Amazing Spider-Man to me? I think I did. Oh, real quickly, did you notice when they're in the office? When he pulled it out. (laughs) You know the spider in the glass jar that you see? He's got the same layout as the logo on his suit. Like, it has the longer legs at the bottom. Mm. Yeah. But, like, he's... I did did like that, but I'm not going to acknowledge it. Like, you didn't acknowledge what I said earlier. Uh... Um, it's pointless. It just didn't make sense. Like, playing, like he's like he's playing has like his good dad, and then obviously it all goes to shit. And like I love how that's played. Like he's obviously very playful, putting the shoes underneath the curtain or whatever. And like the bit where they, like I say, he's, he says like um, be good. And I feel like the the cast for Amazing Spider-Man is a lot smaller than either of them. You've only got a few key players, but those key players do absolutely everything with every moment they have on screen. Martin Sheen is the best Uncle Ben. He's way better than Homecoming's Uncle Ben. Um, and he acts it, acts it perfectly. He's such a... He's, 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 old, he's old enough to be like the older kind of father figure, but also young enough to be like the cool one as well. The bit where he sits down with him and he says, I stopped being able to help you with your homework when you was 10. Like that whole speech was great too. And being able to wind him up, like uh, he's got your pic, like I said before, he's got your picture on his computer, and um, I'm his parole officer, and all that bit. Um, the voicemail gets me every fucking time. Mm. Um, but you know, Captain Stacey and Dennis Leary, great too. And that bit where they have the argument um, over dinner, uh, all really well acted. Um, but the ten in this scoring fucking belongs to Sally Field. She yeah. is. By far the definitive Aunt May for me. Like that's yeah. like even over this PS4 Spider-Man game, like over everything, that's how I always will envision um Aunt May, and she is fucking spot on. Like when when uh, Uncle Ben's uh chastising Peter for not picking her up and she's like, I can look after myself, don't like and he's like, don't apologize for him, and like and the way she kind of, like we've said before, just retreading old ground, but the way she acts with him, she definitely knows and she knows she understands something's going on. Um, after Ben dies and she has that kind of breakdown moment with him, um, with Peter, all, all just really well acted. It's Her face conveys heartbreak more than anybody else in any of these films. And it's, she's such a good character, such a, such a good character. But we, we all agree on pretty much the cast of that film being great. I'm going to give my nine to Tony Maguire's Spider-Man. I, I feel like you guys are, are underselling just how fucking great that cast is. Like James Franco, for all of his faults, and Cal's a massive fan of James Franco, we all know this, but um, <laughs> for 
for all of his for all of his faults, James Franco and Kevin Spacey. If they made a movie, if they made a movie together, I bet you've got it. Um, Jesus Christ! You. Yeah, well, whenever you, we get on the topic of a very, very, very controversial actor, you like to pretend the other one is a big fan. <laughs> oh, no, no, Josh, no, Josh knows this because he watches every episode, don't you, Josh? Yeah, I do. I love listening to this podcast. It's a great podcast. Uh, out every day on Thursday, uh, six pm. Um, <laughs> what was the same? Yeah, James, he goes from being like a good friend and like he is actually a pretty decent friend. Is he a good friend? In the beginning, he is. Like at the science phase. Yeah, stick up for him. He's a, pretty, yeah. he's a pretty decent friend. And then, and then he, he also uses what Peter told him to try and bag his missus in front of him. Yeah, yeah. so he's not that good a friend. He would all 100% do the same thing. So let's not what, pretend. Would you do the same thing for Kirsten Dunst? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do that for Kirsten Dunst, no. I would see her looking at the spiders and go, nope. <laughs> Uh, yeah, push into him, yeah. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me. The, si- the 60s. Oh, ah, the si- you just stood, why, did you really just stand there and sp- count all them spiders? No, you fucking didn't. Also, <laughs> why are they not, they, they're not concerned. Like, the woman's like, yeah, the woman's like, oh, it's one missing. Yeah, must have took it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll fucking look. And I like his transformation to, like, becoming, like, a jealous, like, dead protective of his father, like, dead, like, twisted towards the end, and then, obviously, a vendetta towards Spider-Man. Immediately at the end, um, but this I like. I like Uncle Ben and Aunt May. They are sixties Uncle Ben and Aunt May. They are classic Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Um, they are modern. I get that, but I do like when he's uh, he says like, "Hey, Michelangelo, don't forget we're painting the kitchen." And he's looking at the one ads, and it's like, "Oh God, even computers need analysis now." And um, the Aunt May is again super classic, women old lady Aunt May who's. Divering and whatever, but she played Rosemary Harris plays it with such a charm. Uh, I, like when she's praying, and then a Green Goblin comes in, and she she has that moment, and then gets taken to the hospital. And when she says, "You're not Superman," you know, it's it's iconic. It's too iconic. I didn't to... get that. What you're not Superman, you know? So that means Superman exists in that universe as a comic. Yeah. What's how is that difficult to understand? <laughs> <laughs> just seems like they just shoehorned in a reference for no reason. <laughs> Typical Sam Raimi. Oh my god. We're not having you back on. Um but I mean Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm a bone saw fan, so I yeah. uh, fully understand. His performance is so over the top, fucking love it. And I'm guessing he's just playing himself. Oh yeah, Macho that is him. Yeah. yeah. Um, what those uh, remixes that I sometimes play for you guys has got Randy Savage mixed into him, so I 100% know what Randy Savage sounds like. Um, but the nine goes to J.K. Simmons. There's not a fucking second yeah. where he's not speaking or even moving that can be topped by, I'm going to fucking say it, can be topped by anybody in Homecoming. Nothing that anybody in Homecoming can do can top J.K. Simmons. That's a big take. That is a big Fuck you both. Um, he, he was hilarious. Mo- both bits were so fucking funny. He's brilliant. Like the crap, crap, mega crap I have used in my life more times than I care to admit when I'm looking through stuff. Um, and then the eight to the eight to the MCU, purely because I don't like how much it leans on the referential characters, like how much it leans on Tony Stark and Happy and. Um, and I like the cat references and stuff, but if you was to, even to look at the other cast, like they're funny, but they're not, I don't think as impactful as the characters in the other two movies. So that's how I went that way. Though I, I do love Marissa Tomei 
for many many reasons, including the main one. Um, and I love the I love the teachers. That's the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love I love the teacher. Like I, I, I can't oh, lose, I meant to talk about him. I can't lose another student. I can't lose a student on a field trip. Not again. Not again. Or when they're talking about at the um, uh, the monument and they're like, she's always been by slaves and he goes, looks over to the garden and goes, and he goes, oh, earth. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, God. Um, but, I mean, to, to the credit, all the teenage cast feel like teenagers. Like the bit in the gym where they're talking like, uh, fuck, marry, kill the, the Avengers. Um, and then, like, nobody would bring up Spider Man. Not when, not when you've got Thor and Captain America there and Hawkeye. Not when you can see. Oh, yeah, I knew they were coming. Talking about a man in a gimp suit. No one knows yeah. what he looks like. It's way too risky. Exactly. Like Nathan, for Christ's sake. <laughs> there he is, look. There he is, Spider-Man. There he is. Masks on. Oh, listeners. That's my middle finger. <laughs> yeah, um, like, Hemsworth every day of the week. Thor, no contest. Same yeah. guy on Spider-Man when you don't even know what he looks like. It was just a weird vibe. You never even had yeah. to speak properly. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that's how I scored it. Well, we've got three categories left then. Okay, we've gone great. through the cast, we've gone through the stories, we might as well go for the aesthetic now, and we'll start with the suits, the best Spider-Man suits. This In is- this film, Joe. We start- yeah, film. I know. Oh, am I starting? Uh, yes, yes, you go first. I go think on. the best suit for me has to go to... Let's get your shit takes out of the way first. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, this is my middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Ken goes to homecoming. I think the introduction of the moving eyes is just adds that next layer of emotion that they can properly put into the character. Um, the suit looks great. I think it does look a good suit. Even the um, handmade suit he has still looks good. I like the ruggedness of it. And then, obviously, with the um, Tony Stark suit he gets, it does look good. It looks very sleek, looks very clean. And then I think I might get a bit of flag for this next one, but my nine goes to Amazing Spider-Man suit. I know a lot of people are going to hate that. Have you scored anything for the first Spider-Man film, anything above an eight so far? Uh, yeah, actually. Thank you very Dude, much. What, Best what villain. Best villain. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, this is my middle finger. We also <laughs> gave Kirsten Dunst over Liz, so... There's... Yeah, yeah. I... I do like the main Spider-Man suit. I like the the handmade style of it, um, with the sunglasses, the lenses, and all that. Though, let's face it, the main Spider-Man two suit is the best live-action suit of all time. But we're not talking about that one. The reason why I like the main Spider-Man suit is how animated Andrew Garfield is in it. I think it does really make up for the lack of eye movement and all that. And I'll be honest with you guys, I just don't like Spider-Man suit. I hate the raised webbing. I hate it. I hate how wooden um, he is in that suit. There's no real emotion he gets. Like, yeah, you don't have the moving eyes and all that. But there's no no emotion when he's acting in the suit. So I just, I just don't like it. Don't like the raised webbing. How's he made that? How's he made it? You can't say how's he made how's it. How's he made it? Yeah, I can. <laughs> and then, uh, also, the sketching and then scene. The amazing Spider-Man, it looks homemade. You it doesn't ready? look homemade, but I don't like it. I don't care. I, I stand by it. Also, the scene where he's sketching and drawing it all, and it's all like flashing over him, and I hate it. 
Oh, yeah, you definitely should have been an artist instead of a photographer. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's my take. I don't know, that's very unpopular. Well, what have you got, Mr. Sackle Hannah? Well, I, what I love about the homemade suits... Uh, <laughs> you were the one you're wearing now. Like, that yeah. doesn't win. Yeah, yeah. this is so base. Um, yeah. Oh, Josh, you fucking idiot! I'm not an idiot. I stand by it. It looks shit. I went ten for MCU as well because even though I don't, I agree with most people. I don't like the tech that's in all of it. It does visually. It is the best looking one. Um, it's got the right colour blue, it's got the right colour red, the eyes, fantastic. Um, it's it doesn't even it's not a shiny material either, it's almost looks like a fuzzy material, which is different as well. <clears throat> um, really enjoy that. Also, we get three suits in that movie because we like you say, we get the homemade suit, which is like the scarlet spider, it looks a little scarlet spider like, and then you get you also get a, a tease of the iron spider suit, which in terms of iron spider like adapting that to the films really, really well. It is definitely one that you could see Tony Stark creating for an Avengers level hero. Um, so I went 10 for that because it is just, it's, it's the eyes that do it. When, when he drop on the, when he drops on that garden in front of the fucking tent and the eyes start going, it gets me every time. Uh, but I went nine for Toby because it's just iconic. You can't, it's so I mean, it's obviously the first one, but it's just so iconic. Like the look of it, is, and I disagree with it looking wooden. The bit where he um, where he jumps out of the fire with the with the with the baby, and then hears the woman screaming inside the thing, and the fire. He says the police officer says, um, "I'll be here when you get back." And he's like, "I'm not coming back, Chief." Like, he, like there's lots of like movement in there. You can kind of see him like being like, "Oh no, fuck you! I'm not coming back." Uh, also, it's the it's the suit that looks the best shredded to pieces. At the end, when he's got half the mass missing and he's all bloodied up, and his, the fringe is coming. Got a thong on his face. Can you just stop being disrespectful to Spider Man two thousand and two, please? <laughs> no, just because you don't understand the brilliance of Sam Raimi. Oh, the brilliance! <laughs> wait till you, wait till we do an Evil Dead episode. We're getting you back. Um, um. It, it just and it just it looks great when it swings, except for that one, except for that one sweet uh, swinging scene where uh, Kirsten Dunst is uh, holding on to it after he saved her from the Unity Fair, and she's clearly holding a mannequin. Um, and then eight to Andrew Garfield's because it's not the Amazing Spider-Man two suit. Mm-hmm. So it looks good, but it's that dark and gritty, like it's yeah. dirty, like it's dirty. It's, it's supposed to be red and blue, but it's got like the black smudged through it as well. Like over the leather, like it's it looks worn and that's great. And I love the symbol. It's probably my favorite. I of all, love the symbol. It's, it's my favorite of all three symbols, but it looks too grimy and dirty to be like Spider Man's like it's supposed to be a hopeful character, not a dark and dirty character. And the lenses on the eyes, just being sunglasses is stupid. Like <laughs> I know it's supposed to be homemade, Josh, but just because okay. you just because you show me clips of you looking at ski suits online, it does not make me believe that you can make this make this costume from hand. Um, if we were talking the Amazing Spider-Man too Sue, this would be a very fucking different conversation. But that's how I scored it. How about you, Callum? Yeah, uh, I don't like Callum by the way. So we'll stop that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. Mr. Altimus. That's better. 
Kaltmus-Altmus, that's what I'll have to do now. <laughs> yeah, I actually went different to you guys, and I went 10-4 the first Spider-Man, which oh, might not got sick in the stomach. Jesus but I, love, I like that too. I think, like you said, it's iconic. It's the one that yeah. I grew up with. It's the one I have, like, when I think it, of Spider-Man, I feel like it's the suit that I remember. It looks even better now. Yeah, Christ, after that. On me, yeah. Wait, Johnny would change his score in a minute now that he's seen that. Fucking hell, you wouldn't have got past first robber. Just swinging straight into the floor. But I like watching him like design it. I like that sort of stuff and like the different designs he possibly could have gone with before eventually setting up settling on that. I think it works. And like you said, the bits when it gets ripped in the fights and stuff and it shows it's not indestructible. Consider it's homemade, it makes more sense. I don't dislike sorry, I'm gonna sneeze. That's never happened. pineapple. I don't dislike the MCU suit. It comes <laughs> you. You bless you. I've never done that on camera. Um, yeah, I don't dislike the MCU suit, but he's done a lot on camera. All the technology stuff, I don't think it works as well for me. And I don't like that he didn't create the suit himself. I don't like that it's a gift. It does. I think I prefer it. Like like I said earlier, I prefer it when Spider Man's a bit more independent and he does those sorts of things himself, and he gets to use. Like he gets to show off how intelligent he is when he designs his suit and stuff like that. Whereas this in MCU, he just gets gifted it, where it, and it does look good. And I like the added bit with like almost like the wings that come out with um, underneath the shoulders. I like that sort of stuff, and I do like the ed- added perks. But I don't think it hits as well for me. Whereas the Amazing Spider-Man, it's it's just nowhere near as good. I don't think I like the second one, but the first one, it doesn't do anywhere near as good a job for me. It feels like a lesser version of the first, in my opinion. Um, and I don't like the the way the material looks. Like it just not for me at all. Uh, sorry, Josh, you'll be fucking heartbroken inside. But um, I think if you rubbed off all that black smearing all over the leather of the suit or lycra or whatever it's supposed to be, and then replace the lenses with white lenses, it will probably be be a good suit. Their top tier. <clears throat> I also think with the with the Toby suit, I think if the webbing wasn't raised. I think I would like it a lot more. It's just a raised weapon I don't like on the suit. Yeah, quick question then before we move on to the next category. Do you guys prefer the organic webbing or when he creates the device? No, when he creates it, is him. When he creates it. Yeah. It's a bit weird otherwise, isn't it? I've also got a question. Well, Who do you think has the best swinging scenes? I think that's Andrew for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Purely for the first person bits. You know the bit where he swings in and then lands on the glass. So good. Yeah, I like Andrew's bits, and I like the bit in the alley where he's like swinging underneath like the ladders and stuff, and yeah. jumping off things. And the ending shot as well with him in the air, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think Andrew. I just wish it was in daytime rather than nighttime. Yeah, yeah. I also have a question, Cal. You texted me earlier saying, "Are you wearing your Spider-Man T-shirt?" Because I'm going to dress up as Miles. Um, do what happened to that? It's not true, gonna... is it? First of all, why would I care what you're dressing up as? I don't talk to you. <laughs> You think I asked for that fucking spandex-looking motherfucker to be on this episode? <laughs> Absolutely. All listeners to listen and not watch. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, we'll move on then to um, the second-to-last category, which is the best action-slash-fight scenes. Obviously, being Spider-Man movies, they've all got fucking plenty. Um, 
so I'll go first. And off the bat, I'll just go straight into it. And I gave 10 to Homecoming because I love the dynamic of the fight scenes with Peter and the um, Vulture. I love because he's like he's got like the flying gizmos and shit and the way they scrap. I think it just works really well. And I love his fights and interactions with the other smaller villains like um is it Shocker outside the school with the bus and stuff. I love that. I love the brief fight he has with the crooks in the bank. And I love the scenes like um the elevator in Washington when he has to save that or the boat where Iron Man couldn't help. Like I think that shot where he's got the webs on either side and he's just trying to hold the boat together. I think it's iconic. I love those sorts of action scenes. I think it all works really well. Um, I've got nine for the amazing Spider-Man because again, I love the fight scenes like that. That first one on the like the tram when he first gets bit and he's accidentally kicking everyone's fucking head in. I think it's fucking awesome. I love that. And I love when he first goes out looking for Uncle Ben's killer and he goes and he takes down those um, criminals in the alley and then has to do a runner. I love that sort of stuff. I love watching him fight a monster for the first time. Um, I think that stuff plays really well. The stuff in, like, in the school especially, I think it's awesome. And that scene with Stanley unaware of what's going on behind him, I think it's fucking ace. I love it so much. Even the stuff with Flash in that one with the basketball stuff, I think it's so, so good. I think it's brilliant. Um, and then the first Spider-Man, I, I don't think the, the um, fight scenes are bad, but I just don't think it holds up as well. Like we said, I think the ending, the fighting isn't the best part about that. It's the dialogue. Um, and it's tension, isn't it? Yeah, and it feel, it does feel a lot more cartoony the way he fights. Like It doesn't feel real, um, which is probably stupid to say about a man that's been bitten by a spider. But like it feels very gym, like almost like gymnastics, the way Toby fights in that first one. So yeah, I've gone ten to homecoming, nine to amazing, and eight to the two thousand and two Spider Man. How did you go with that one, Mister Mason? Uh, I went. I so I was two parts of it. I was one looking at CG with it because obviously it's a huge part of the of the films and just action in general. So. Homecoming gets a 10 because, as you say, all the fight scenes are so good. And the I know we've already talked about it, but the bit where he gets to the warehouse and vaults all the way down and the gliders swinging around, the wings are smashing everything up, just looks so good and effective. The plane, the whole fight on the plane when it's crashing looks just so good and so much tension with it. Although, in points where the jets are flying off and Peter literally kicks it away from him, just crush people is whatever um and then i went um nine for amazing spider-man because the whole chasing is the chasing when he's the first time he fights the um thugs is good the, the choreography is really good the whole quickly um jumping on walls and free running is just really good and then unfortunately Shocker. one Shocker. Unfortunately, like he's not really spider-man good. is an eight <sighs> the action scenes are good don't get me wrong but unfortunately I think just the CG doesn't hold up anymore and it, it did take me out of it a bit and this just wasn't that much as you said like when there is the action scenes happening the, the reason why they are good is because of the dialogue and the, the the slight tension behind it I just I just don't like Spider-Man more <laughs> as he breaks down into tears how did you yeah. score that, Nathan? 
I went 10 to Amazing Spider-Man right over Homecoming. I'm so um, glad that's good. You are? I'm so glad that... I, when, I, when I wrote that down, I was like, they're all going to go completely opposite to me and they're all going to hate me. But I'm kind of glad that you've gone this way. I'm pleased. We usually end up hating each other about the episode. <laughs> um, because that the school fight scene is so fucking good. Like when he wraps him up and in that like sky bridge and he's wrapping him up and he's attaching him to the wall and everything. And the bit where like where he's grabbing his tail and he's sliding in the tail. So, <laughs> so gross. Uh, like I say, chucking like chucking Gwen Stacy out the window and stuff. But there's also the fight the fight in the sewer. And it's like the third, the mm. only one of the, the three movies where you got like a bit of an underwater struggle as well. Um, I thought that was really done. And like Cal said earlier, like it's the first time we actually see him fight a big monster. And I think it's done really, really well. Um, the little, the little ways he fights as well. Like the guy with the knife, like his, like obviously it's his first introduction to Spider-Man as a, as a, as a hero. And he's like, as he, you know, he's pretending to sneeze and he gets him in the crotch and stuff like that. Like he, he, he uses the powers to like a comedic effect as well. And I think it's just all done really, really well. I went nine to MCU for all the exact same reason you guys have said. Um, it's just really well done, really high, like fast paced. Obviously the CGI is better, but I'm not going to judge it on that because that would be quite unfair if you're being perfectly, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, uh, it's a film podcast and that's what you have to talk about, so... <laughs> Yeah, we're not yeah, aware of this, Nathan. It's a film podcast. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just thought I'd let you know that one. 20, 21 episodes in, I'm finally learning. Um, just that you know. Just thought you'd want to know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, MCU, great. The the bit with the all the bits with the the bit where he drops him into the water, and then it was you think Vulture comes in after him again, and you're expecting Brown two, and it's not. It's Iron Man that picks him out of it. Like really good bait and switch, but really good. Well, uh, well done. The small, even the small bits, like when he drops on the car because he thinks somebody's breaking into it. He just it's really really quick, but he grabs his head with a web and just slams it on the fucking on the fucking car. Um, brilliant. Um, and I begrudgingly give Toby's an eight. I did want to give it a nine, but I've already uh, I've already been played fast and loose with the rules this episode a bit too many times. I think it being a bit harsh and that there's bits in it that's really really good and yeah, the CGI doesn't hold up as as much as the others, but it still works effectively. Like that, the fight with the Flash at the beginning, like even if it is a bit cheesy, like when Flash is throwing punches, like and he's move he's moving really really quickly, and like that's like yeah, fuck, he is super powered, and it's just really really well done. Um, the fight with Goblin at the Unity Fair, when like he's jumping and Goblin like gets in midair and and all that business. I mean, it is a bit. It doesn't look as good when they're on the on the ground, just throwing punches at each other. It looks a bit shitter. It looks but very power agency. That what that bit is the bit that does look. But the, I mean, do I want to change my? No, I'm not going to change my score. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But the bit when in the, the bit when in the burning building and fighting in the burning building is fucking. And it's good. Like the CGI may not be as good, but that when they're like they're, they're fighting each other in the burning building as those razor blades are still coming around and they're dodging them and he's breaking them and at the same time, it's really really good. So I begrudgingly give Toby's Spider Man a an eight on that one. Yeah, I love what you were saying. You guys are being harsh, so I'm going to give it the exact same score that you. <laughs> All right, we've got one category left then, and that's the legacy. That's how have these films been regarded? I've still not ranked this one yet. 
it's how it's how they've held up, it's how they look back on, it's how they're remembered. Um, so as though you haven't written your score yet, Josh, and you've never done this, we'll let you go last. So Nathan, you can go first on this one if you want. Um, just to um, give Josh time to actually collect his thoughts. Although I think I already know which way it's going. But, um, how Not what you, you think. How do you think the legacy is for these three movies and have you scored it? I think there's only one very obvious answer. And if anybody deviates from that, you're a fucking... We're, we're going to have to have words. Because, <coughs> yeah, we know what's coming from you, Sunshine. <laughs> you can't deny the legacy of Tim Maguire's Spider-Man. It's... It set up a lot of what we it like I say it pulls from Chris Reeve Superman and that kind of era of superhero filmmaking. Whenever anybody is compared, whenever anybody's cast as Spider Man or whenever we get a Spider Man, it's it's Toby's that everybody goes kind of compares it to. It set up like the tone and the feel of what we know a live action Spider Man to be. You know. No, no Spider-Man villain that we've seen on screen has ever surpassed Green Goblin, so you've got the leg- legacy of that. Well, very, very close in the second film. But That's it. Do you, do you have Green Goblin over Doc Ock, then? Oh, yeah. Mm. We're not doing that film, man. We can't argue over that one. <laughs> but I think, I think in terms of when you... Well, the, the distance between them both is so close that they couldn't even, like I said earlier, they couldn't even decide to recast them. They just brought them back because you just can't top them. Um, when you've got a sequel that's how many, like how many, like 2002, when did No Way Home come out? Was it last year, 2021? Like 21, yeah. Two years ago, this question. Two years ago. Yeah, so like a 20 year, 20 year difference. You've got, the main villain in that movie being the main villain in the 2002, like 20 years ago, like that's how much of a legacy that those characters have. And like with Tobey Maguire being, and obviously Andrew Garfield's back as well. And that was more of a redemption for Andrew Garfield. Whereas it was a celebration for Toby. Like everybody was like, Toby's got to be in this movie. Toby's got to be in this movie. And even uh, Andrew Garfield said it himself. Like, if Toby's doing it, then I've got to fucking do it. Like that was that was his quote and in going into No Way Home. So I think in terms of the legacy of it, you've got just so much about it. The sequels of the Toby movies, you've got one of the best superhero sequels and one of the best superhero movies of all time. And then one of the worst superhero movies, <laughs> one of the worst sequels of all time. Amazing Spider-Man, you've got what a, a sequel that completely killed a franchise. Um, and the Spider-Man sequel, the MCU sequels are boosted and helped by the MCU. Um, so I think Toby Spider-Man stands alone in its own legacy, and I don't think anybody can ever. And I know he's going to try, but I don't think anybody can ever say that it hasn't been influential on everything that's come afterwards. Tom gets the nine because the, the MCU is. Um, Massive and Spider-Man seems to be the one that everybody cares about the most now that Guardians is done. Everybody seems to care what happens with Spider-Man. Um, every time he shows up, it's a fucking joy. Um, Tom Holland has been solidified as like the backbone of the MCU at this point. Um, it's and the Homecoming just. I think every 
nobody's seen that movie and gone, it's it's one of the worst Spider-Man films I've ever seen. It really just set up and let you know that I don't care what we do with Spider-Man, I'm, as long as we get these characters, I'm happy. And then unfortunately, Amazing Spider-Man 1 has got a pretty bad, outside of Andrew Garfield, who had a bit of a redemption in No Way Home, it's just got bad rap. The sequel's poor, it killed a franchise, it killed Sony's plans it had like a massive 10-year plan for it and it the sequel killed it off so unfortunately as much as i love andrew garfield i think the amazing spider-man definitely is the the one with the least amount of legacy to it yeah i've actually gone the exact same score across the board i think a bit when we agree well it's nowhere near as good as spider-man 2 i don't think that's a different conversation i do think toby Maguire's like introduction that first spider-man film is so influential to the superhero genre on its own. And like you said, it is the one that everyone looks back to when you do get these new Spider-Men. And even now, like, I think after No Way Home came out and there was all these, like, polls online and stuff saying, oh, which one's the best Spider-Man? And Toby always won. And I think it's because that film is the one that really kicked it all off. Um, Like, I know, obviously, it's nothing to do with the MCU, but if you don't have the success that the... Sam Raimi trilogy had. It's hard to imagine the MCU even is eventually brought in. Um, it's it's difficult because I love the Amazing Spider-Man, but you're not wrong in the sense that it hasn't aged well to in a fan like to fan perception. Like, and I think that's largely down to the second one. I think because of how the second one killed the franchise, people it left a sour taste in everyone's mouth about the first as well. And while it's nice that. Andrew Garfield got the chance to get that redemption and people are appreciating the character and his portrayal of it way more now. Still don't think that movie itself has aged as well in the t- in terms of like what people associate, like how people think of it. Whereas I personally think it's great. I was saying to Eleanor when we watched it, I think it's way better than I remembered. Um, I actually really like The Amazing Spider-Man, but compared to how the 2002 one like the legacy that one's got, it's a no-brainer. And I do think while the MCU is a f- entity on its own, that first introduction to Spider-Man, they had to nail it. Like off Civil War, which was such an, a creative way to bring him in, they really had to nail that first Spider-Man movie. And I think they did an incredible job with it. I think the cast is brilliant. I think um, Vulture was a great villain. And I think Tom Holland, especially as the years go by, we keep seeing more of him and he continues to get better. I think it only helps the legacy of the first movie. Like watching him in No Way Home, he's, he's probably, like you said, he is like the biggest star the MCU's got now. Like there's no character in that franchise that means more than Tom Holland's Spider Man. And there's a reason he's getting another trilogy. Like he's had three films, he's getting, that'd be six films. Apparently, like it's in the works. Apparently, that'll be six films that his characters have, which is just far more than any other superhero has in that franchise. And it's, he'll, he'll be the longest tenured Spider Man. Um, if you count Civil War and then both the Infinity War, and then yeah, yeah, that'll be nine appearances across the, um, the entire franchise. Then, and because of that, his it's it's almost like it's Tom Holland's legacy, but. For Homecoming, I think because of how successful the character's been and the number of sequels it's getting, the one that started it all, I think it's held up really well. And I do think a lot of people still think it's the best Spider-Man movie in that franchise. It's not for me, but I know a lot of people think it is. So I went 10 in favour of the original Tobey Maguire one, 9 for the MCU, 
and eight for The Amazing Spider-Man. Right, Josh, do you want to try and uh, describe to us why you feel like Amazing Spider-Man's got the best legacy <laughs> after, <laughs> after we've just both just railed into it? <laughs> yes, I would. So my 10 goes to the original Spider-Man. Yeah. It's got to, because mainly for the pure fact, because every time I say I don't like the first Spider-Man, I don't like um, Tobey Maguire. The amount of times I've had people look at me as if they physically want to punch me. <laughs> it's no, that's no, no, that's just me. That's just me. Sorry, sorry, that's just me. Now it's undeniable of how big and impactful those films were. They kickstarted. Uh, I think they definitely kickstarted the love of Spider-Man people have nowadays. Um, without those Spider-Man films, I don't think we'd probably see the main Spider-Man. I don't think we would have necessarily seen um, MCU Spider-Man. So for that fact alone, it's got to get a ten for legacy. Um, uh, also, you touched on. It also stemmed one of the best um, sequels in Spider-Man Two with one of the second, but well, one of the best villains in Doc Ock, and then obviously the third one. Less than about is that. is is dog wank, and I think everyone can agree with me on that one. And also the fact that was there's no way home. The fact that in the Toby's universe they brought over three villains for the one film just says enough. And then nine goes to um, MCU. Because as how how many films Tom Holland's been in, how many more films chances are we're going to get? Um, just really solidifies him as a household name as Spider Man. Um, his films are great. Everyone would might say that Homecoming is the best out of the trilogy. I wouldn't. I'd actually probably say Far From Home's one of my favorite ones out of that trilogy. Um, yeah. He's got to get the nine. And then, unfortunately, yeah. As much as I love the main Spider-Man and I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, it's got to get the eight purely because of, as Cal, you said, Spider- the main Spider-Man 2 just absolutely wrecked any plans of that film and shed a bad light on the main Spider-Man for that fact alone. And then it was nice to see Andrew Garfield getting his redemption because for years we've all been saying Andrew Garfield is a fucking phenomenal Spider-Man. And no way home. But yeah, unfortunately, legacy does get in. Yeah, um, I fucking was so happy when he came back, and people were saying online that he was the best thing about No Way Home. It fucking meant so much. It's that damn fucking right he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I've popped my head into a few like the first showings, and like Andrew Garfield got the clap. I mean, got clapped. He, he got the round of applause. Where did you get that from? Yeah, popped in more than the in the cinema screen. <laughs> he got the round of applause, but Toby didn't didn't as much. So I think it... you know what I think it is. I think Toby's Spider Man felt like he had the he was done. He had the completed art. Like it felt like we we'd seen enough of him. Whereas Andrew, it felt was taken away before we really got to see like yeah. the eventual culmination of that story. And I think that's why people appreciated seeing him again. I think it goes to show like like all this talk of like secret wars and. Kang Dynasty and stuff like people want Tobey Maguire to be leading the multiverse team like they want him at the forefront they want him back um and I think it just really shows that that's like his legacy is his is strong just that you both kind of mentioned that I'm not I'm not also we've got an entire episode without mention about Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man without mentioning the fact that Amazing Spider-Man was directed by a guy called Mark Webb I literally <laughs> said that to her earlier I was like how I, how ironic is it that and she she finished she's finished the sentence when I tried to say it she went what that his last name is Webb I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, oh, right. Head for that one reason only. I would have thought that Tarantino directed that film because the amount of time we see Andrew Garfield's feet in that fucking film <laughs> is ridiculous. Um, yeah, you guys kind of touched on it. What are your before we get into the scores? Obviously, we know what I know what Josh is going to say here, but what is your out of all of the individuals, not including like live action, not including Spider Verse, is cheating. Um, what what is your ultimate? Like, what's your favorite Spider Man movie? Spider-Man 2. Homecoming for me, you know. And very, really? very closely followed by, like, a fraction by Spider-Man 2. See, Spider-Man 2, and then I actually think it's No Way Home, strictly for the Andrew Garfield stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, having that, it, I thought it was great. Outside of that, it's fine, but I think that bit, a lot like the stuff for the reunion and the redemption, I think, was what won me over. I swear if Josh says it's Amazing Spider-Man 2, now I'm going to fucking flip it. <laughs> Delete this episode and never. <laughs> yeah, never talk of it. I don't know what my favorite one is. I love. I say I love the Amazing Spider-Man. Love it mainly for one for nostalgia and two because I just think Andrew Garfield's so fucking god. I also really love Far From Home, and I know a lot of people think that's the weakest out of the three. I love Far From Home. I think Mysterio is a great villain, played amazingly. And then obviously Spider-Man 2's got to be in there, as much as I don't like that universe, Spider-Man 2 is a good film. Well, but I don't have it for my favourite, I can't pick. I like Spider-Man. Fucking pussy all answer. <laughs> Far from home, fuck it. Wow, controversial. Hey, on your controversial take. So Nathan texted me when you were giving your answer on Legacy, telling me that he's added up the score, and so have I. So it'd be interesting. We've got the same one, and one of us can't count. So yeah, I'll read it out and just let me know if you've got the same. So in first place, which is actually a surprise to me, I didn't see this coming, is Homecoming with a score of two hundred and seventy-nine. Did you have that? I got two hundred eighty-one, but sure, whatever. We'll go with yours. <laughs> Fucking hell, one of us can't count. Um, and then in second place, we've got The Amazing Spider-Man, 268. Although I'm guessing in the first score. Oh, you got that? Box. I got that one. That's what I got. And then in final place, we've got the 2002 Spider-Man with a score of 262. Oh, what a shame. What score did you have for that one? 263. <laughs> so you've got three this extra This is a film numbers. podcast. Come on, there's three numbers podcast. of yours that don't exist on mine. Uh, but at least we know it's not particularly close so it doesn't matter like it no. would have been awkward if it was like I had one winning by one and you had the other winning by one like, then it would have been fucked but at least we know and can I go back and change my score so something's uh, something comes on <laughs> we've got a definitive score we've got Homecoming number one we've got The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and we've got the original at three which is probably so fucking blasphemous for so many people but, uh, well, for me Josh, Josh tanked that film yeah. In terms of the actual, you only your really. individual scores. Did you guys know which one you had rated the highest? Uh, I definitely. Uh, oh, sorry, um, Homecoming. Yeah, definitely thought Homecoming was going to come out on top. Yeah, Didn't... see, I I'm looking at my individual scores at the top, and I actually had the Amazing Spider-Man winning by one. Well, I did my. Oh no! I, oh, in terms of how do we score it? Oh, I don't know because I did it on the fly this time. But I thought. I thought MC would come out on top, Toby would come out on second, and then Amazing would come out at third. And then Josh texted me yesterday saying, I hate Spider-Man. And I thought, well, that's not going to go the way I thought it was going to go. 
Yeah, well, that is probably quite a controversial ranking. We've got Toby in third place. And I'm glad you two have been dragged into it. <laughs> no, no, because... No, 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 you've been dragged... You, you've... <laughs> that's how a group... <laughs> that's what we've ended up with. No, you, you're just a guest. We'll just re-record it. Well, in a couple of episodes, times, we'll just do it again, but we are here. Sorry, I know But yeah, that brings another showdown to an end. Our very first three-way... And there's what a what a person to do a three way with. Oh, yeah, thank you so much thank for you, having me. Uh, thank you for doing that, Josh. Even though your answers were ridiculously biased. There's <laughs> 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 uh, not wrong with that. You've got an opinion and you stick to it. At least you didn't flip flop. I didn't flip flop. So that's all that matters. But yeah, thanks for that. Um, Batman sucks. First one. Uh, and also, thanks for watching slash listening, guys. If you're on YouTube um, and you enjoyed what you watched and you loved seeing Josh and his spirals, then feel free to subscribe to the channel and like the video. If you are uh, listening on any of the podcast channels slash streaming services, whatever they're called, then feel free to follow us on those and give the episode a rating as well. Um, in terms of our... Where you can find us. I'm not really sure how this is going to work out. It's going to be somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Information on what social media we're all on. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching, guys. And only one more episode until we get into Christmas season, Cal. Fucking right. I can't wait for Christmas season. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait. I'm already like 10 Christmas films in. You've already got the deck. Have you added any more decorations? No, I haven't actually. I've still only got three. Oh, I've, I, I've got plans. I know what I'm going to do back here. I can't wait. I think, yeah, I think I've watched about 10 Christmas films already. I'll Jesus be watching Christ. one more. I'll be watching one more. I did it. Was it last week I was telling you that? Um, tree goes up first of December. No, nah, tree's yeah. already in. Is it? That's right. Like, yeah, I, I caved. Tree's already in. Mine's, mine's been up about a week now. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I want to make the most of it. Keep it up as long as I can. Well, that's your motto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't usually go to plan, though, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, not to talk about genitals. <laughs> what a way to end it, talking about genitals. But, uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, did you have something to say, Nathan, or not? Yeah, thanks for joining, Josh. Oh, yeah. So, oh, right. cheers. So, cheers. Cheers. Don't forget uh, about my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that, like I'm not the only fucking subscriber. Yeah, yeah. Only I'm fan. keeping you alive at the moment. Yeah, I'm yeah. feeding you. Yeah. It's my, my money that pays your rent, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cheers for watching, guys, uh, slash listening. And we shall be back at the same time next week with another brand new episode, which I already forgot what we're doing. But yeah. I'm sure I remember because I've I'm I'm literally only just remembered. Yeah. We'll be back. Josh and his terrible opinions won't be. <laughs> yeah. Don't you talk about I'm very unbiased. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching, guys. Peace out.